What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode two of P.S. I Love You XOXO. I am one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the pride of Long Island, Colin Moriarty. It's good to be here with you today, Greg. How do you feel about that? It's a fist bump. I just fight like this. That's yeah. what we can do with this new layout of us sitting each other. Do this whole thing. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, of course, it's with heavy hearts that we come to you to tell you, if you haven't seen the news and the posting already, Colin and I have quit kindoffunny.com and we'll be leaving P.S. I Love You XOXO in the hands of whatever they want to do with it. Uh, ah! <laughs> on the episode. Someone's like, no! Ah! The, the nuns were like, flips the van. They no, were just getting back on the road, no, they, yeah, right in the years, slow lane. Been years of them trying to get back. They've on been the working road, on the. Yeah. They were working on the van on the side two of the road. Ten, Aunt Helen. Yeah, two and ten. Aunt Helen. I yeah. didn't know that Aunt Helen. So it's the nun driving her nephew around. Uh, oh, okay. So she still you know keeps up with her family. It's possible. Yeah, it's yeah. a possible thing. Uh, that's weird. If your aunt became a nun, would you call her sister Helen then, or would she be Aunt Helen? Still? I would just to make a point and respect her. Her choice, like you respect you, her, her, respect her virginity. <laughs> <laughs> I, guess, I guess that's what you'd be respecting maybe her virtue and her devotion but. that too but the devotion and the virtue comes from the virginity I mean that's why they that's do it that's it that's the soul so you gonna do a magic trick with a bottle of water <laughs> <laughs> middle of the show middle of the show the little handkerchief falls to the ground the bottle's gone oh my lord uh, ladies and gentlemen if you didn't know PSI Love You XOXO is kind of funny.com's PlayStation podcast. Remember, it's fun to come listen to this. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on the YouTube. But of course, kind of funny.com pays the bills. So go there, watch all the videos. Subscribe to all the YouTube channels. Follow us on Patreon. How the hell are you, Colin Moriarty? I'm good. Uh, we have a huge Ropers report. Yeah. Singular possessive Singular this week. Singular possessive. Uh, everything's good. Been playing uh, some Uncharted collection, a little bit of Danganronpa still. You know, waiting for. Some future releases to come. Uh, Wasteland 2 is on PS4 now. I reached out to Deep Silver about that. Uh, Lay so some knowledge on me about Wasteland 2. Well, Wasteland 2... I feel so like I know the, the little bit of it. You do, and I'll, I'll bring up... Um, Are you? Is it coming up today in the show? Is it one of the... Uh, it's, not one of the it's not on the upcoming list of software by the Kind of Funny co-founders. No, no, no. I, it, it's not, but... I, well, I think it might be... No, it's a release date. No, I think we talked about it actually last week, but I wanted to get the exact amount of money because it was kickstarted. Um, let me see. Da da da. While you do that, I can't find the price. Oh, raising a total of $2.9 million. So it's a In Exile Entertainment um, crowdfunded game. Um, and uh, it's the sequel to 1988's Wasteland. So it's just uh, basically, it just looks really good. I'm not sure how it's going to uh, fit onto consoles. It seems like a PC game. It's like a turn based kind of, kind of RPG that seems gotcha. to be a little more. PC centric, but they okay. they have made the port. I think you have to do that to sell some copies. Sure, I think PC it looks really good. I don't know much else about it. I just wanted to find the some money. So it's about three million dollars they they raised, and then they have a publisher in Deep Silver. All so right. yeah, so you're gonna get in that soon, hopefully. I'd like to try it. I don't know if I'm gonna like it or not, but maybe we'll do a let's play or something later. But okay. yeah, okay. so I'm just waiting for that, and and obviously we're in we're in a holding pattern for Fallout. I know thirty. What is it? Five four days. From now, you yeah, 30, 35. Well, it depends on what, you know. I just read it was in the chat. I got mm. you on that. But the thing here is, here's what I want to, you know, my plans before Fallout, Platinum Lego Dimensions, Platinum Metal Gear, uh, do this Metal Gear online with some of the subs and stuff like that, fool around there, right? What I noticed last night, uh, I'm playing Lego Dimensions, having a ball as you do, enjoying the story or whatever, mm. and I popped a gold. I was like, oh, what the hell is that for? I went and checked it out. It's for getting 30 mini kits. And then and I've I've looked at the trophy list, but you know it's like so much so many of them were just beat the levels. Mm. I didn't really like commit sink in. I know I'm gonna platinum this game, right? So I know I can. Oh, you know you are. Yeah, I, I know I platinum. If it's a Lego, if it's a Lego game involving DC, I'm gonna platinum. Sure, that's okay. what it comes down to. Sure, in, involving Ghostbusters, come on. In Back to the Future, come on. In Portal, come on. 
So I go through the thing in depth, though, after I pop this gold and realize I'm going to platinum this thing with no... This is the easiest platinum on paper I've ever seen for a LEGO game. Because it's beat all the story missions, and then it's stuff like get 30 mini kits, mini kits which I did last night, and use, like, you know, your different, like, uh, jump around points, your little portals and all these different things, like, 25 times over and over and stuff. There isn't... I thought it was going to be, you know, get 100% of the studs in every level, rescue every citizen in peril. The normal LEGO trophy list that takes, like, 35, 40 hours, right? right? This one is not that way. Mm. So I'm, I was, like, I was a bit taken aback last night, mm. and I don't know how I feel about it. You know that I love a good trophy. Uh, you know I like a good platinum. Mm-hmm. You, you, you love a good platinum. I love a good a good platinum, I you know what I mean? Platinum. And I love the platinums for the games I love. And I'm loving this game. I love these Lego games. But I'm going to be done with this in... I'm going to be back to Metal Gear way before I thought I'd be. I'm going to be honest with you. If you say love one more time, I'm going to throw you out of the fucking window. I'm loving it. Da, 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 da. Breakfast all day now. Yeah. I guess it's starting tomorrow or it's well, starting but as But as people are listening or watching this video... It's it's, it's, it's good. It's go time. You can go to McDonald's it's right now and get breakfast. Motherfucking go time. You don't even care. It's all. It's what they all buy. Is that going to re- rebound them, you think? Uh, No. I yeah. don't think so. I think it'll probably do something good for them. Yeah. It probably costs them a lot of money to do sure. it. Sure, 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 sure. Because um, you have to think like, people are always like, well, why why can't they just do it? And I'm like, it takes a lot of retrofitting. Like McDonald's, uh, I don't know why I know this, but I do. I guess I've read a lot about it. McDonald's kitchens were made to be used in two different, in two different waves. Everything's used once and then everything's used again. So yeah. like, the deep fryer for the hash browns is the deep fryer for the fries. And right. like they, 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 were, they were not made to be used simultaneously, you know? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think they had to do a lot of retrofitting and a lot of, you know, all of this. And it probably cost them actually quite a lot of money to do it. But um, I'm excited about it nonetheless. Like you, like someone tweeted out a picture of me. So it must be happening already at some places because someone tweeted out a picture of me of them eating uh, egg McMuffin and fries. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, good goddamn Lord. It's like an old dream of mine. I want what I want is hotcakes. And the sausage on top, and then like a double, like a double quarter pounder. <sighs> That's mind blowing, isn't it? Yeah. But Lego Dimension trophies, like I said, mm. I don't. They they seem too easy. When I platinum and I have it, I'll let you know for sure. Okay. A uh, few things of housekeeping, of course, for our show here. I already said sure. go to kind of funny sure, sure, that. Sure, sure, rate sure, us on sure, iTunes, sure, subscribe. Sure, sure. That all matters. Uh, first off, thank you for episode one. I can I I talked to you about it. We talked a little bit about it on some of the other shows. Like I I've never been part of a podcast that had a reaction like that to episode one. No, Any neither. episode. Even, I mean, like us leaving beyond episode, beyond 300, 400 stuff, different things, of course. <laughs> but the all day long on Tuesday and leading up to it, the hash, use the hashtag. All of it was exploding. People were everywhere. They were talking about this thing nonstop. Uh, we've been the number one, at the time of this recording, the number one games podcast uh, since we put up that uh, the theme song. People are hungry. We haven't gone. I know, hungry. and it's awesome. They want to hear this McDonald's stuff. We are, I mean, the numbers are a little unscientific, mm-hmm. but we are approaching a point where we seem to be getting the numbers that we used to actually get with beyond like pretty mm-hmm. much. Um, so I think we've gotten a lot of our old beyond listeners back. Obviously the loyal kind of funny vids people that came with us, some new listeners that maybe never even listened to us. I mean, I've been reading the NeoGAF thread and some other places, Reddit, and people are just into it. Yeah, people are just great. into it and, and they've been hungry and it's so shocking to me that people were this hungry and no one else realized it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Maybe they just weren't being vocal enough. But well, you understand little... how it goes, though. Like, you understand the market we're in right now for video game journalism slash personality slash enthusiast press, right? If you're a big outlet, you cover everything. Trying to boil it down to a platform doesn't necessarily make sense for you as much as, like, well, kids are really into this game, that game. Let's cover the hell out of that game. Right. That's true. But it was also the, the thing is, is that there's two ways to look at it because... Our, identif- our identity was forged through a podcast about PlayStation. I mean, yeah. that was really what made us internet famous or whatever, famous in gaming, um, for better or for worse. And and 
you would think more people would pay attention to that at, at big places to kind of let their people focus mm-hmm. on things. But also, mm-hmm. I'm just surprised there are other PlayStation podcasts out there. They're just not maybe doing the trick or not exposing themselves to people the way that Podcast Beyond did. And so I think sure. that there was just a vacuum. People just weren't able to find and what they're looking hard, for. it's hard, too, right? It's a hard thing to be... Yeah, if you're like... You know, I immediately think of... Uh, PlayStation Nation, right? Like PS Nation and stuff like that. They've been podcasting forever. You yeah, know they've been I mean? going. Now, they're, for, they're the longest. I think they're older than. Podcast. I think they're oldest than older than even beyond. Maybe. Oh yeah. Well, I don't know. About, probably. Maybe. I, I would assume so. Sure. But that's the thing is like I know those. That's not their full time job, right? right? You know what I mean. For us, it's this is all we do. So when we get to commit to something, it's easier for us to commit the people and get the have, message out. The people have spoken. I mean, and that's. That's champion. And that's what I, I love. You know, I love talking about the market and just watching it, and it works. It works. Yeah. In, in really mysterious ways, but it always ends up identifying the product that is cheapest or the product that is most desirable or the product that is prettiest or whatever it is it always identifies the product that it wants yeah and uh the market has spoken and i hope and i I hope that it i hope that it continues to speak we appreciate as greg said every last one of you for supporting this whether you're watching it on youtube or listening to it or both um at the same time and uh i think that uh we have something special here so sometimes you don't change a good thing too much right and uh that's our that's our kind of uh, mantra, I will say for PS, I love you, XOXO, which is to just do kind of similar things to what we used to do because yeah. uh, people never wanted it to stop to begin well, with. We've asked for it, you guys. Yeah. Whatever you ask for, we try to deliver. So we hope you enjoy. I mean, this is a big episode. Yes, episode two is a big, a big episode. We were saying last week that we might not go as long as we did last week, but I'm assuming we might even go this longer. This is gonna be a longer show, isn't it? If you didn't know, we'll ladies see. and we'll gentlemen, see. of course. President of Sony Worldwide Studios, Shuhei Yoshida, popped in for a Skype interview with us. We have about 35, 40 minutes with him. So we're going to be pl- plopping that in. Probably, I, we didn't talk about it. I assume that's going to be topic of the show. Toss, 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 toss. He talks about a whole bunch of stuff, including what Sony Ben's working on and if it's their biggest game of all time. Spoilers um, it is. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one, and uh, he had some int- yeah definitely some interesting things to say. We're honored and uh, we're honored by his presence. And the other thing I was honored by with uh, Shuhei Greg mm-hmm. was uh, his his tacit endorsement of the prayer. Now I don't yes. know. Now I the prayer you know most people liked it, some people didn't. I was like, and I was thinking as we were moving into episode two, like you know a few days ago, I was like, uh, you know maybe I'll do it once in a while or just throw it in. Maybe no one will even notice if I don't do it again. Yeah. Then we looked at Shuhei Yoshida's Twitter account. In which his header image is now you and I holding hands doing the prayer, right? And his text, like his description text, is the prayer, right? So I was like, he gets the the, de- joke. the deity approves. Did you see the thumbnail I was working on today for the show? No, it's the it's the video, it's the famous image I think from Gaff or whatever of the Pope's body with Shuhei's head on it and the hands up like this. Because so. he's he's fantastic. We're all in now. And so I thought we would start before we get any further into any other housekeeping, or sure. you know, we'll start with the prayer. Sure. Hail Shuhei, full of grace, Kazurai is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst gamers, and blessed is the fruit of thy Sony Worldwide Studios. Holy Kudaragi, father of PlayStation, pray for our trophies now and at the hour of the next PSN outage. Amen. Amen. It's good. It centers us. It does. You know what I mean? It makes me... And why, as you said earlier, why no one stumbled upon this formula for a successful video game podcast, I'll never know. Who knows? Uh, Stumbling into it is exactly what we did, Greg. Two more things for housekeeping. Of course, last week we debuted the PS I Love You shirt, the PS I Love You XOXO poster on kindoffunny.com slash store. If you're watching this Tuesday, October 6th, remember today is one of our t-shirt Tuesday sales. If you're new to the Kind of Funny community, first Tuesday of every month from 11.30 to 12 30 a.m to pacific uh, to a.m to p.m pacific time zone we put up a new shirt exclusively for an hour that's up right now if you missed it 
no big deal. You missed a shirt. Next month, there'll be a new one. Uh, also, we started a PlayStation 4 community with firmware 3.0. We are probably, by the time you see this slash listen to this, 10,000 members strong, yeah. which is insane. It's awesome. How, how, how big are the biggest communities? Do we know? I don't know. Well, I, I, there's like a Destiny one that's like gigantic. You know what I mean? But we're pretty if big. If we're in the I top assume, 10, I'll be pretty happy. I would assume that in terms of podcasts and people working out of a spare bedroom, we're doing pretty well. So well, if you there. limit us to that list, we're probably number one on that yeah, list. Yeah, well, that's how, that's how I always do it. I'll boil it down until we're number sure, one. To you its, know what a, I mean? To its exactly, essence. exactly. So uh, if you haven't joined a PlayStation community and you'd like to, go on your PS4, search Game Over Greggy. That's me, obviously. You go to my profile, you'll be able to click in and join my community that way. One day, I'm sure they'll have a search functionality that's easier and stuff because they're learning as they go. Don't worry. Colin? Yes. Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be Roper's Report. Time for some singular possessive news. Greg, there are 17 items on the list this week. 17. A baker's dozen. But there is an 18th item, and I'm not going to count it. Just you mentioned it already. The awkward timing of when this particular podcast or the first episode went up uh, precluded us from talking about 3.0 being live, mm. but knowing that it was going. So I just wanted to say, to reiterate, it's live. If you haven't downloaded it for some reason, you should probably go do that. Vita also has firmware. I think it's uh, non-essential firmware. I think it's like 3.55. You can go download that as well. And as Greg already mentioned, PS I love you, XOXO. Or no, actually, it's a, more of a kind of funny general. Oh, yeah. Group. If you're just trying to search for the community, it's kindoffunny.com. We thought about doing PS I love you, but why? we don't want to alienate. I mean, like, no. Kind of funny, we made it for a reason. It's the umbrella that houses all our content and keeps it from getting too wet. Because, you know, umbrellas don't keep you totally dry. That's true. Umbrellas Unless they're really, like, the big ones that are, like, very suck. cumbersome. But you hate having those. You carry it around. Yeah, so umbrellas. You're going to Great America. It's only going to sure. rain for like 15 minutes. Ugh. Sure. Um, umbrellas suck. Yeah, I hate umbrellas. Mm-hmm. I love a good raincoat. I don't like raincoats. I don't know when the last time. Maybe when I was a landscaper, I wore a raincoat a few yeah. times. I got that Metal Gear raincoat. Love it. Does it keep you dry? It does. Because when you wear it, it makes me wet. Greg, number one. By the time you're listening to this or watching this episode of PS I Love You XOXO, your new batch of free games for PlayStation Plus should be live for the month of October. For PlayStation 4, Super Meat Boy Broken Age and Unmechanical Extended will be free. For PlayStation Vita, you can get Super Meat Boy Broken Age, Kickbeat, and Kung Fu Rabbit. And for PlayStation 3, you can get Unmechanical Extended, Chariot, Kickbeat, and Kung Fu Rabbit for free. Ignoring platform overlap, which you can see I named the same game multiple times, there are six unique games for the month. So it'll be uh, Super Meat Boy, Broken Age, Unmechanical, Extended, uh, Kick Beat, Kung Fu Rabbit, and Chariot. Those are your six games across the PlayStation platforms. I'm so stoked for Super Meat Boy on Vita. God, so, I can't wait. I'm excited too. I heard that the uh, the soundtrack's been neutered a little bit because of some licensing issues. Uh, okay. Otherwise, I think it's the same. The trophy list is up. Looks hard. That's a game. That's uh, my Super Meat Boy. My Super Meat Boy memories are playing it pretty much on silent on IGN live streams because I remember we were doing one of the charity kind of things i can't remember if it was extra life or not when we were doing it but i remember playing and watching a lot of that game and it was never i was never really listening to it <laughs> bless you thank you Should maybe with you and also with you it's only right to give him thanks and praise. <laughs> um yeah no I'm, I'm excited about super meat boy i think vita's you know as usual the right place for um those kinds of games yeah uh it's taken a very long time to get super meat boy uh but now the- it's it's so old it's new again yeah, that's so true. So many people have not played this, I bet. That's true. It's just free money for those guys. The uh, the weird one, as you pointed out on Colin and Greg Live, I think, was that Chariot is only free for PS3, according to the PlayStation blog. 
Um, it's such a good and it's game. also on PS4. It's I don't think it's such a good game. It's such I a fun game. I think it's fine. It's, I don't it's think a it's fun game. I think it's we'll see. It's about bringing your dead bo- your dead father's body. Yeah, over the place. it's I'm a cool not. little co op puzzler. Uh, Kung Fu Rabbit came out a while ago. I, I think I played it. I don't remember. Kickbeat is the is a um, Zen Studios like rhythm game. Unmechanical. I don't know what that is. Um, my assumption is that maybe it's a puzzle game or something. Broken Age obviously is an adventure game. Tim so what? So there's a there's a uh, nice uh, cacophony of games. I'll call it a cacophony wow. of games. Uh, there, Greg. Number two. And by the way, these are in no particular order this week. No, you're I, just basing your chariot hate off of the let's play we did, right? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not hating it. I'm just saying that I there's nothing. When we I'm, finished. You said this was better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it was better than I thought it was. The trajectory mean was up. That doesn't mean. Think about how much I'm better not saying it's. Further. I'm not saying it's bad or even mediocre. I'm just saying it's not like this. It didn't strike me. I, I, I didn't play it nearly enough. Well, it's Core's not game. Mad Max is the game of the year. Oh. Followed closely by Dying Light and Shovel Knight. I mean, Mad PSP Max is already game of the decade, so sure. it's no big deal. It's really fucking everything up. Uh, again, these are in no particular order because I felt like sometimes I like to weigh the top up and make it more interesting sure. but then like why we're gonna be here all of us are gonna be here for a while so let's just enjoy all the news together that's a good point just chill out take off your shoes unless you're driving keep your shoes on number two the street fighter 5 roster has two new entries one properly announced by capcom the other accidentally leaked by famitsu which is a japanese gaming magazine zangief the soviet wrestler has joined the roster in an official capacity while an all-new character never before seen in the series laura was leaked in screenshots accidentally made public by famitsu Presumably, she'll be the next one up for an official announcement. It's worth noting that Capcom has confirmed the veracity of the leak screens. Though it would be an incredibly impressive fake if it indeed wasn't real. Also, Famitsu is the is the source of the leak, and certainly they have their connections to Capcom to get these screens. So, sure, uh, I'm they're real. It's I'm, just a blown embargo. Yeah, it's one of those. They put, I'm sure somebody meant to put it in and schedule it for this date. They put it for the wrong date. It all went live. There will be more blown embargoes on this news list. Ooh, video games. It happens. It's hard. Yeah, I'm interested to in see what you think of this one. And I don't know if we have any questions about it, but we might. Hold them for the end of the article if you have any questions at home. I mean, the ones that you brought up. Don't be a douchebag, Greg. I don't I'm just like playing it. along. I'm having fun with the, f- no, the fans. No, don't They're have out there fun. This is a serious thing. I don't want to have any fun. I'm going to put this back. I was going to say, make your little water bottle disappear. This is like a trick you'd get out of one of those like boxes where it's like 30 magic tricks. <laughs> this cloth can disappear this water bottle. Fucking A, man. <laughs> Weird things entertained us. Number three, Yu Suzuki, creator of Shenmue and the man in charge of the upcoming Kickstarter game Shenmue 3, could use a little bit more money. Who couldn't? Speaking to Eurogamer, Suzuki noted that he, quote, could do with a bit more money. The game itself doesn't have to be gorgeous visually. A lot of money these days goes into graphics. If we perhaps compromise on the graphics and put more into story, we can make a good game. The most important thing to me is that the game's interesting and that it's it's something people want to play, end quote. He later went on to say that, quote, Kickstarter is not the only source of money. There's also funding from Sony and Shibuya Productions. Before we started Kickstarter, we had goals set around the budget. So if we only had got $6 million, we'd create Shenmue 3 based upon what we can do with $6 million, end quote. He then said, quote, we're still trying to gather funds. Obviously, the more money we have, the more we can do. Even if we don't get as much budget as the previous games, we'll still make this game, end quote. What do you think? Because I think Shenmue 3 has got disaster written all over it. Disaster. Yeah. Interesting. What you're, you think it's just going to be a bad game? They no, I, I not necessarily. It's just that the way that they have rolled this out, the way that they haven't really communicated with people, I don't think in an effective fashion. Maybe after the fact they did, sure. And the fact that they're still seeking funding, that they're talking about how they don't have enough money, even though you got a fucking exorbitant amount of money, maybe not by AAA standards, but you got a lot of money for Kickstarter. I mean, that's one of the Kickstarter records for, for Shenmue 3. It just seems like their ducks aren't in a row. This game is embryonic and not ready for prime time even in the little it's probably in pre-pro still 
it, they just speak about it like it's not even a thing yet. And yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? The game was announced in June. You should be, you know, in motion at this point. Get your funding together. I'm curious how much Sony and Shibuya gave them. But let's assume they have 10 or $15 million. That's a lot of money. Not a lot of money for a AAA game, but this doesn't have to be a AAA game. Sure. Um, so I just, it strikes me, Greg, and I don't know if you agree. It's just something I'm super dubious about this, like about Shenmue 3. I'm interested to see where it's going. I thought, yeah, I thought in the beginning it was, they had this announced right at E3 that was weird, where then the next day it was like, well, no, Sony is giving us money. Should we be giving us money? You know what I mean? Like this thing that was there the whole time, but wasn't like stressed on stage. So some people were bent out of shape about it. Personally, I wasn't. I was like, okay, you need more money. No big deal. Whatever. Like, I get what you're saying mm. and how this was presented for what it was or whatever. This one is weird to be like, again, like we need more money. And then also to say in the same breath of like, well, we have contingency plans, but we could use more. Well, yeah, anybody could. Every developer could use more money, more time, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's like time to make it what it is. You know what I mean? It is weird. Yeah. I'm sure it's weird. skeptical of Shenmue 3. When do you think we see it? Oh, my God. Uh, oh, it's not even in development yet, clearly. So, um, and by development, I mean active development. Like they're making the There's game. a team I don't, I don't working be, on I don't the believe for a second moment. they're making it. Maybe fall 2018 at the earliest, mm, I would say. Mm, yeah. Probably not. I would say 2019, yeah. Winter. Number four. In a recent interview, Shuhei Yoshida noted to Eurogamer that he hopes the next Gran Turismo game utilizes PlayStation VR. This is an obvious one to me, but... Quote, in the many trial tests we've been doing, some genres work fine. And he's talking about genres, you know, with PlayStation VR. One of those genres is racing games. So when Gran Turismo comes out on PS4, I'd like to see it support PlayStation VR. Yeah. End quote. As noted by GameSpot in their write-up on the news story, uh, while GT7 hasn't been officially announced, Polyphony Digital head Kazunori Yamauchi confirmed Gran Turismo 7 is in development and will likely hit PS4 before 2017. So we'll see what happens. I think that's a no-brainer. Yeah. VR for that, that'd be great. People love that. And that was the whole thing. Remember, they were... I mean, I remember when I started at IGN, started really covering everything professionally, just the PlayStation beat and the fact of like, yeah, using your your uh, PSP for a rear view mirror and then linking all the TVs together. They've always been, the polyphony has always been so at the cutting edge of the tech the PlayStation platform can use that you have to imagine. Yeah, they want PlayStation VR right away. I love that idea the Vita being the rear view mirror. It's totally unnecessary, but I, yeah. I love that. Nonetheless. Well, that was the whole thing of all of it. Like, you know what I mean? Like that, that you, people talk about. You know, we're talking toys of life and how much money goes into those games and da da da. As far as a consumer, like that was is the GT audience, the sim racing audience, right? That they will go and buy the big wheel, the better wheel, the better chair, this you know, the pod. You know what I mean? Like that's the kind of thing that when that kind of when that game clicks with you, you want it as real as possible. Sure. So yeah, three hundred sixty degree movement, walk, you know, having it all right in your face. Yeah, yeah, I think that Polyphony is doing just that with VR anyway. That'd be big. Like that, that falls I back agree. to like my my uh, No Man's Sky prediction, right? Like I'm predicting. Uh, I said this today on Colin and Greg Live, and I will stand by here on PS. I love you, XOXO. Is that yeah? No Man's Sky is officially going to be a launch title for PlayStation VR. And when next time we see PlayStation VR, whether it be as you said, Paris Games Week, maybe or PSX, I think it's gonna be more PSX. I think I feel it in my balls. When we see it and they they show it and they're like, here's the release date for PlayStation VR. They're going to be like, in these next three games or whatever, all are PlayStation VR games. And then the final one will be No Man's Sky. And sure. it'll, be the, it'll be the launch date of the VR system. And then all of a sudden, I've gone from being skeptical about it to wanting it on the first day. Sure. Surprise! Whoa! Got a water bottle under you there. You pull it up and it's a wine bottle now? I wish. Actually, I don't know. I want Number five. This is a short one, but I saw this and I thought I would just bring this up in case anyone was curious about it. Gotcha. Are you excited to see more about Dreams 
Media Molecules upcoming PlayStation 4. Sure. I'm excited. I'm interested to see what it is. I'm interested. I want to say I'm excited. Okay. I'm in- what are you doing, Media Molecules? Sure, sure, what sure, is sure, this sure, thing? sure, sure, sure. Um, well, the studio will be streaming its game on Fridays at 3 p.m. GMT. And no, I will not do the math on their Twitch Google. channel. Uh, so it seems like Media Molecule got the word that no one knows what the fuck the game is. It took a while. E3 was quite some time ago. Uh, and uh, it seems like they're going to have regular streams. It's not clear because they tweeted about this. It's not clear if it's every Friday, but it seems like they, they said Fridays, I believe, was the, the word. 3 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time because um, they are British. Uh this will hopefully this is the kind of shit they have to do dreams is gonna i'm telling you right now dreams is gonna bomb i don't even know what the fuck the game is and that's exactly the point yeah. it's going to bomb if they don't start talking about it like this because underneath the facade there probably is a very impressive game knowing media molecule but they have to start talking about it and it was what you and we you and i talked about the shuhei where it's like i don't know what this is like this was confusing and this is not a good look you know for a first party uh game and i and he i think said i'm paraphrasing something about You'll see more and we'll show it to you. I mean, that's the thing is communicating what this game is is going to be very difficult for them. And it is going to be another tear away if they don't. Because um, it's a little big plan. It's so easy to understand, even though there's deep customization tools in it. Right. That's their whole thing. This is like that. There's a cute the- entry point with Sackboy right. and platforming and then create play share. That makes sense to people. Whereas, yeah, what, I, what I've seen there and people are like, well, it's a kind of like a movie maker and you can do whatever and you can animate it like a puppet. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell you're saying. Like is this just is this only tech? and that doesn't sound fun. is there a game yeah I don't want I don't want to do that I don't even like making levels in Mario Maker no I'm not gonna mm, that's no the thing is that they have to calibrate the play and the share part and the create part you know like yeah I want to play the game if it, if 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 it's really all about creating things I'll I won't touch that game with a ten foot pole yeah and I love Media Molecule but it's just I played Terraway and Vita it was fine I'm expecting big things from them they have to make a game. And that's what I'm hoping we see from these streams, which is why I'm optimistic why they're doing this. And I wanted to share that information with everyone. Did we, did, was there any kind of statement? Did you see anything on NPD? Any Tearaway Unfolded? Did that do anything that just came and went? Like I don't know if anyone really cared. Fart in the wind? Okay. I still feel like that was a waste of their time. Like I, I, mean, I, I agree when they announced it and we were all confused and we had this like ongoing argument about every PlayStation of it. It's, it, well, they're just porting it. Well, it's not a port. There, is, it was a remake or is it from the ground? What the hell is it? What is I going mean, on? I think it is, I mean, it's just all gobbledygook. You know, it's like, it's it's a fucking, it is a port. They had to re- redo it because it uses the Vita in such an intimate way. So that's where the read, like the probably the new parts or the different parts come from. I'm sure they put some new director's cut kind of shit in there too. I'm not saying that Rex and those guys can't make a game. They can. They made a game and I think it's really an interesting game. And people liked it on Vita a lot more than you and I liked it. I mean, the the consensus around oh, Tearaway people, is yeah. that it's great. It was nominated for Game of the Year when we were at IGN. Right. Um, but I think that... And, and it's also important to note that Mean Molecule seems to have split into two teams at some point because Dreams was being made while this very small team of 10, 15, 20 people, whatever it was, worked on Tearaway. Yeah. I just don't understand why you don't fold them back in. To me, it's saying, like, we need to sell more copies of this game. Let's get it on PS4. We have no exclusives, et cetera, and so on. But I still feel like... I feel like it's... I still feel like it's shitty to take away... The Vita's exclusives, like peeling them off one by one, you know, like yeah. w- like we talked about last week. When are we going to see Golden Abyss? When are we going to see Killzone Mercenary? Like, there's not many left. Freedom Wars, like there, there's oh, there's Freedom Wars. If you're going to do it, just do it. Gravity Rush Two is a great example. You have your Gravity Days shirt on, um, you know, where it's like Gravity Rush or Gravity Days Two was just probably going to be a Vita game, and they were like, well. Why would we do that? So, right, yeah. But I was like, you know, this kind of stuff's sacred still on Vita, in my opinion. Like, just leave it alone and make a new game. Let them let that small team make a new game. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, or make a new tearaway game. And it doesn't seem like that's what this necessarily was. Tearaway Unfolded, I think it was called. It was. Too. But no, I've gotten a few tweets about it. 
And people tweet about me about some obscure shit. So <laughs> take that to the bank. Number six. This is an interesting one. Here we go. Finally, interesting news. Ubisoft is teasing a new game that appears oh, to take yes. place in the distant past, presumably during or around the last Ice Age. So maybe like 10,000 years. What is the game? We're unsure, but it appears that word has leaked by way of IGN Turkey's Twitter account. Did you see this? No. You told me about it. The Twitter account identified the game as Far Cry Primal. Mm. This aligns with what Kotaku's Jason Schreier recently tweeted, a friend of ours, that he had heard an irregular Far Cry game would be released that took place during an Ice Age. This is presumably a stopgap stop game in between Far Cry 4 and Far Cry 5. I don't think UB has said anything about it yet. So this is, I don't know if that's really the name of the game, but they this is the story people are picking up around the Because there's this video up as of our recording that is just like a live stream with like a cave fire crackling noise and some cave stuff. And it says like Ubisoft announcement coming. Yeah, it's like a painting, like, you know, yeah. very primitive, you know, cave paintings and stuff like that. And it looks cool. My assumption is that this is a Far Cry 4 mod, essentially. Not, I mean, it's, it's going to be a totally different game, but that they're building it on that architecture while Far Cry 5 is worked on which will be a new and bigger game. I'm excited about that. Like a bow and arrow, spears. Sure, sounds cool, yeah. Sounds I, I mean, me. we love Far Cry, right? But then it gets to the point of like, yeah, how, is this now like the Assassin's Creed? You know what I mean? <laughs> like you have these things filling in. And so like, are people super into this? Is this a real thing? Is it? How do you make a story in the Ice Age? And you know what I mean? Like stuff like that. It's true, but to, with all due respect to Assassin's Creed, Far Cry has always been good. You know what I mean? Assassin's Creed hasn't. And, I still, would, and I still would say, as of the last ones I played, isn't. But maybe it is now. Maybe people. I, I didn't play uh, Black Flag or anything like that. Black Flag's awesome. Um, I know people Wait, like the PS3 one last year. Yeah, which was the Black uh, the Black Flag copy or whatever, where they just like took that engine and made another game. Codename Comet. I remember that being mm, named. Yes. Um, Far Cry three and four are exceptional games. Right. So if you can crank them out every year, or eighteen months, and they're good, but can you? That's the question. We'll find is out. This just I mean, the gameplay of Far, Far Cry was is always it has always been great, right? But like dropping it into this new world, prehistoric, and all this stuff is still great. Will it make sense? Will it? You know what I mean. Like, that is a question. Worth I feel at, like yeah. I would be more confident if they were like, "We're putting out Far Cry, whatever," and it's still happening on an island, and it's and I'd be like, "Well, that seems you know like the same old thing." But I know that works. I trust that being an off year game. Right. But maybe maybe I'm not giving Far Cry prehistoric enough, to, uh, you know, slack here. Maybe they have been working on this for a while. Maybe you know what I mean. It's going back and forth, and it's not just hey, take our engine and make something while we make something else. Thank you. You know what I mean? Yeah, it probably is that, but maybe no, maybe, maybe not. The I don't know anything else about it, so there's no, nothing else to be said about it except for I assume with Far Cry Four, the bow and arrow mechanics and all that kind of stuff. They're just like, well, this is fun, and yeah, huge we can hit, do something right? with that. Yeah. I'll be interested in what the world is like, what it's populated by. Um. How you do all the normal Far Cry crazy stuff, like encampments and towers and all this kind of stuff. Like, I don't know how they're going to do that. Cavemen and women. Monkeys. Yeah, but it's, I, I don't know. It'll just be, it'll be interesting. Saber-tooth It'll be interesting. That's why I'm kind of excited about it because it is certainly different. You don't have to, you can't probably sit two miles from the camp and just pick people off like you can in Far Cry. The so big that honey badger in there, though. We're going to talk more about UB, but the big thing about UB that's interesting to me, too, is that there's still no word about Watch Dogs 2. There's something, I'm surprised by that. Like they, really? they, yeah, it's Think been about how bad they were burned with watchdogs one, but, it, but another E3 where you're talking about watchdogs go to hell. This one, I hope they go the fallout method. Hey, it's E3. Here's watchdogs two. It'll be out this November, but my conjecture, and it's just, this is just conjecture. The game came out a year and a half ago. And so the watchdogs two is certainly in development and they're working on it, but they're like not even in a position to talk about it yet. Like I just like the engine exists. Like they know what they want to do with the games. They have a lot to clean up from, you know, from I only played a very little bit of it, but I know a lot of people didn't care for it very much. They are being more prudent with watchdogs more than I've seen them be. I mean, 
I mean, Far Cry. Four, the point is that Far Cry Four came out after Watch Dogs, and we're already about to hear about another Far Cry game. Yeah, because that one works so well. Watch Dogs was that some people loved it and some people did not, and I I fell into the camp of I didn't. I played it for five hours, like okay, I see what this is and where it's going. Good on you. This is for me very clearly Assassin's Creed versus Assassin's Creed Two, where Assassin's Creed had some good ideas and a lot of rough edges, and Assassin's Creed Two is just like polished, awesome. This is fun to play. I like this one. Well, some people feel that way. A lot of people do. I'm speaking for them. Numbers. Not you and your fucking beret wearing, cigarette smoking people. Like, oh, this was not the good game. It wasn't. Number seven. Ubisoft has acquired a new studio to join its family of wholly owned developers. Ivory Tower, the French studio behind the crew, has joined the Ubisoft family. In a press release from Ubisoft, the studio's managing director, Ahmed Boukhalifa, that's a hell of a name, noted that the studio has, quote, always enjoyed a very positive relationship with Ubisoft. Working together on the crew and celebrating its success made us both understand that we have huge potential in continuing to work together in the future. By joining Ubisoft, the team at Ivory Tower will continue to benefit from Ubisoft's infrastructure, support, tools, technology, and vision. In return, we will, contri- we will contribute our own expertise to the broader Ubisoft story, end quote. The team, for the time being, will continue to support the crew before moving on to a new project. I didn't know they were still supporting the crew. It sold a few million copies, I think. I so. know. That was the game I was super stoked for and just didn't. Didn't come together for me. Yeah, I'm just not. I mean, I remember making fun of it at E3 a couple of years ago where they're like, you know, you can cross the country in like 90 minutes. I'm like, oh, right. Like, like you're on the fuck, you're on the fucking uh, Concord. All right. Number eight. If you thought the Call of Duty series veteran difficulty was hard. Well, you haven't seen anything yet, Greg. I Call of Duty Black Ops 3's trophy list is now live and it seems to have leaked a new harder difficulty setting for the game. A first for the series. This new difficulty level is known as Realistic. The trophy attached to beating the game on Realistic is called No One Will Believe You. (laughs) The trophy list makes it clear that veteran difficulty still exists as well. And it also appears that Realistic difficulty will be unlocked from the get-go, so there should be no unlocking required. The exact nature of Realistic difficulty, of course, remains to be seen. And it's worth noting that the old trophies that you would get for beating certain parts of the game on Hardened or Veteran, or beating the whole game on Hardened or Veteran, now says beat the whole game on Realistic, Veteran, or Hardened, which which is why it indicates that it's unlocked from the beginning. Gotcha. What this means, we talked about a little bit on Colin and Greg. It could mean a, a, a it could be One similar shot. to brutal difficulty in Uncharted, where you really like can't take any damage, or yeah. it could be similar to Resistance Three or One or um, Wolfenstein, where you have a damage meter and you can only take a finite amount of damage. I'm hoping it's the latter. I want it to be playable. Mm. Not maybe want to fucking kill myself. I mean, all, I, yeah, I think it's just going to be. You can't take it. You get hit a few times and then it's over. I mean, that's basically what veteran is. So, I mean, it's like veterans, like you get hit like twice, maybe three yeah. times, depending on the weapon. I'm excited. I'm very excited about Black Ops 3. Just to play the campaign. Just sit with it. We can be done with it. Sure. That's it. Be good. Did you play the last one? Yes. How was it? I never played the Kevin Spacey one. I wanted to and then just never got to it. Advanced Warfare. It yeah. was uh, It was fun. It, I, I've said this before and I think maybe we're, you know, maybe it's just m- me. It seemed like it seemed like someone there had played Resistance. That's all I'm gonna say. Like, there's just shit in that that game, like the Augur Shield and the fucking, especially oh, the bull, right, especially right, the Bullseye right, one. Like, right. Are you kidding me? That like that weapon's in, that's a Resistance weapon. You know, um, I liked it though. It was fun. It was uh, it was fun. The, the the campaigns are fun. Dustin P went over to kindoffunny.com/slash PSQ for PS I love you XOXO questions. He put this one up. Dustin P says, "Remember those Resistance games? They were pretty good." So, is it a dead franchise, or will we see resistance for at some point during this console generation? I don't know. I think that... I don't know. I think that we haven't seen the last resistance. I could see Sony going back to the well with resistance. I think do much do of it... Insomniac? I, I was going to say, I think much of it has to do with what Insomniac wants to do, even though Insomniac doesn't own that IP. That is 
their IP. Yeah. They don't own it. I mean, anyone can work they on made it. it. Yeah. But I also think it, it depends on what Sony wants to do with Killzone. And I always think that that mm. was the I always think that that was the conflict. Yeah. Was Resistance and Killzone split an audience that was like we want to and they're different games, but um and I I've always stood by that. I think Resistance is better than Killzone. I think that a lot of people don't agree and that's fine, but I think Resistance is way more compelling and the characters are way more compelling and the Chimera are way more compelling than the Hellgast. Than the Hellgast and that story and those characters, those like very meathead fucking characters. Yeah, like Resistance yeah. 3 specifically and I'll stand by it, Resistance 3 is one of the great single player shooters of all time, you know? Like, that's a really, really, really fantastic game. Insomniac got another year to make that game above and beyond what they were originally given. Uh, they put a lot of time and energy into it. I think Resistance 2 being so different kind of ruined the cachet of that game. And Resistance 3 kind of was hung out to dry. And I think sure. that that's really unfortunate. Well, Resistance 3 had a, a million problems. I agree with you. There was, I thought Resistance 3 was the first time the franchise was something that was like, oh, my God. Like, this is so good. You know what I mean? I loved the story of Capelli, his family, his son, you know, what he's fighting for and all these different things. But, uh... That was the one that stood out for me. You know what I mean? And that was the one where I was like, well, this outclass is Killzone. I like this. They're telling me a story and the gameplay is good and the guns are cool and it looks amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I love, you know, I love the entire series, all the trilogy. I mean, there's, you know, and the, the you know, Ben's game's good on PSP and, you know, Burning Skies on P Vita's fucking garbage. Retribution, son. Um, but Resistance Fall, man, I went back and played it uh, a, a year or two ago and I was like, this doesn't hold up very well. Resistance 2, I think, is, is a good game. I think that they just were trying to, like, Halo-wise or do something to that series, and it was not quite true to what Resistance was. And I think Resistance 3 brought it back. <laughs> there's For Resistance fans, there's frustrating hanging threads that oh, yeah. were never taken into account. And that was one of the things I was really disappointed in with Resistance 3 specifically. It was, like, we never see the Chimera. That's, that's one of the things that really bothers me is you never see them. Like... You're fighting mutated creatures that, like humans, that are controlled by the Chimera, the virus, but you right? don't know who the Chimera are, and you never go to their planet, and I was just like, fuck, like, there's more to be told here, so I think that if we go back to Resistance, there's two possibilities. A, they either reboot it, which is what I would like them 100% to do. 100% they reboot it. Um, or, and you can tell that story again, that's a great fucking story, it's a great idea, the Tunguska event, 1908, brings a virus, Russia's taken over by these aliens, Make it more immediate, though. It, it should be the aliens. It shouldn't be like their virus and all that kind of stuff. Like, make the Chimera come yeah, to the yeah. planet. Um, or they can pick up where Resistance 3 left off, although Resistance 3 left off in a good place. So it's not not necessarily, they're not necessarily winning. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I do believe that they might go back to it. I, I think it's an open question. I think a lot of it depends on how Killzone, like what their plans are with Killzone. I really believe yeah. that. You know, so. I think they don't come back to it till PS5. Or whatever comes after PlayStation Four. That'd be my. I don't think it comes this generation. I think they take that much time off it. We'll see. We will. We will see. Everybody, go to sleep and then wake up and we'll know. <clears throat> don't do that. No, go to sleep. I mean, you should rest. Number nine. Star Wars Battlefronts beta begins in the coming days on PlayStation Four. It might already be going, depending on when you're listening to this. But that's not the only Battlefront-related news to be had, Greg. In an interview with GameSpot, DICE has confirmed that the game will not include microtransactions, something that's becoming more of a trend in console gaming, much to the chagrin of many players. A designer working on the game, Nicholas Fer let's see, Fegreus, was asked if there are microtransactions in the game, to which he said, quote, While the currency system is based on your game performance, the credits that you use to buy things in the game are earned. You play the game, complete challenges, and that's how you get credits, end quote. When asked if that's the only way you can obtain these credits, he said, quote, yes, that's what's in the game, absolutely, end quote. When pressed further about Battlefront's two-step currency system, which could suggest that microtransactions exist now or will in the future be introduced, he confirmed that, quote, that's not part of the core design of how it works. This is a progression system based on your gameplay performance, end quote. Gotcha. Which seems to seal the deal that Battlefront doesn't have microtransactions. I don't know necessarily that 
he's speaking out of turn. I don't think that he is. It seems like an interesting way to come out of it, but yeah. I mean, they they had to be, I don't know. EA is a smart company. Mm-hmm. DICE is a smart developer. Mm-hmm. They have to know these questions are coming when they're setting off in this day and age to make an online-only you know, multiplayer game. And I still say that microtransactions aren't necessarily a bad thing. I agree 100% with Depending you. Depending on how they're used. It's just a bad word now. Yeah. So if they're going to you know shy away from it, that's probably the smartest move, but they could do it in a tasteful way uh-huh. uh, to take advantage of the market that's there for it, as long as it doesn't affect game balance. Yep. Number 10. This is big news. Is a PlayStation 4 price cut on the way? It sure seems to be the case. Target.com, the website of the retailer Target, posted an image that says, quote, $50 price drop on the PS4, and quote, that the console now costs $349.99 instead of $399.99, alongside a picture of the Uncharted, the Nathan Drake Collection bundle. There is some confusion about whether Target is simply doing math on behalf of the consumers, considering some existing PS4 bundles come with a $50 gift card that acts as a de facto price drop. Mm. However, the language used in the ad, along with the fact that the Nathan Drake Collection bundle isn't one of the gift card bundles, indicates Target may have just let the cat out of the bag of whatever ahead of whatever Sony's plans were or are to announce the assumed price cut of the console. The PS4's price has remained largely stagnant around the world since its launch, except in its native Japan, where an official price cut brought the price of the console down earlier this year and where it's selling a lot better. Um... No brainer. This seems like a Paris Games Week thing. Um, I would say wait till PSX, but that's too late. Yeah, um, yeah, you got yeah, it's December. You got to get out for Black Friday. It's smart, and I I can't. I was talking about this with you earlier. I can't believe that I never even thought about this. And in the in the, in the uh, price drop at Paris in the, Games Week. In, well, in the terms of the fall battle, because we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Xbox One's better lineup of big exclusives this fall. There's some confusion. I was talking to some guys on NeoGaf about it on our thread over there. Um, and they were saying, like, well, you're, you're ignoring Dragon Quest and, and Disgaea. And I'm like, no, I'm not. You're not understanding what I'm saying. And, and you're also you're ignoring Bloodborne and all that. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm talking about fall games that are big. No, uh, no offense to Disgaea, which is coming out, which is out by the time you're listening to this. That's not a game that's going to sell more than a few hundred thousand copies. That's not a us. Halo. No. That's so, not a Tomb Raider. So what we're talking about is Halo and Tomb Raider and Forza, which I think some people really discount, and Gears and all this kind of stuff, versus basically Until Dawn and the Uncharted Nathan Drake collection. Because that's basically it. Um, and it's funny that that could be the trump card to be like well, we're, the price parity. We've talked so much about the fact that play, PlayStation has been so good at marketing themselves with third parties this time, right? This whole Destiny the Taken King thing, Battlefront, you know what I mean? There are these bundles, these commercials you see where it's kind of, you know, the flip of what it was last generation where it seemed like every time I caught a commercial for a video game during Monday Night Football, it ended with the Xbox logo. And now it ends with the PlayStation logo. And that stuff does matter. How are they moving all these units without having, you know, exclusive every month like they did on PlayStation 3 that didn't help them, like, immediately overtake anybody? They're doing it because people are like, oh, my friends played on Destiny. Oh, I want to do this. Oh, the Call of Duty DLC is going to be, you know what I mean? Like, it's this different thing now. So it's always Xbox who's trying to figure out a way to catch up and market the right way, whereas Sony, or market in a way that helps them overtake Sony, I should say, not the right way. And then Sony gets to rest right now and figure out what they want to do and then get ready for next year where they have Uncharted and all this other stuff. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think that, as I said last week, and this is, I mean, this is the way I'm going to calibrate success or failure in my mind for this fall for Microsoft is if they don't win October. Two of three, October, November, December, then the, they're kind of cooked for now. Mm-hmm. Not forever, but sure. for now. Sony, as Shuhei made clear at EGX, is still selling PlayStation 4 at meteoric levels, meaning that it's outselling even where PS2 was at this point in its life. That's insane, considering PS2 has sold 150 million units. So um, I don't think PS4 is going to reach that, but it's just that those lines on that graph have not converged and gone in the opposite direction. Yeah, PS4 is still killing it two years later. Yeah. Um, so I think Microsoft has to find some wins, and I think they're going to. I think that 
Um, I'd be surprised if they don't win October and November. Miami's but off? yeah, but I was surprised when Titanfall came out and PS4 won that month. I was just like, okay, that's weird. Um, which is why I thought, as we talked about on Colin and Greg Live, that the 10 million un- unit thing or whatever they were talking about it at Respawn, players. I'm like, it was like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. It was like, no way, you know? But yeah, they were like, it's players or whatever the fucking number was. It wasn't units sold, I don't think, per se, necessarily. Um, so the price parity is good, and I just didn't, I was surprised I didn't think of that, that they could use that as a weapon. Well, we've talked about that for the longest time. Kids you tweet us all the time and say, should I get a PlayStation 4 or should I wait for a price drop? And the problem is that a price drop could come at any second. And what the counter argument is, is why? They are selling so well. Everything is going so well. Why suddenly do it? But yeah, now you want to make your bundles, your you know third-party-led holiday season even more attractive, you do that. Yeah, it's strategic and smart. Strategery. So, um, We'll see if it's true. It seems like it is. Even, but the problem is that Paris Games Week seems like a late time to announce that. Well, it's still October. It's in time for but people it's late, to. But it's late October. It's down the twenties. Yeah, but are, are are people buying their Christmas presents? I think kids are making their Christmas lists. That's true, but I just don't think parents are like. I think it's fine. You give okay. them two months, right? To well, buy. you give them one, right? Because it's Black Friday, is what I'm thinking. You got to gear up mom and whoever to get out. Oh, there well, for that's Black gonna give Friday. them a month to even think about Black Friday. Yeah, I know. Um. Yeah, we'll do I would a, give him more time. We'll do a predictions thing when it comes to Paris Games. Yeah, one, the week before. Everybody hold on to your breath. <sighs> this is an interesting one, too. Lay it on me. And I still don't feel like people understand how big of a deal this is. Okay. Number 11. Microsoft has officially acquired the Irish gaming physics middleware producer, Havoc, ah. from Intel, bringing their essential physics software under the Microsoft umbrella. Tons of very, very popular AAA series from first and third parties use Havoc, making the acquisition huge for Microsoft. In a blog post written by Microsoft... The company confirmed that Activision, EA, Ubisoft, Nintendo, and Sony, in addition to Microsoft, all use Havoc, and that Havoc has been used to create more than 600 games to date, including Halo, Assassin's Creed, Call of Duty, Destiny, Dark Souls, and The Elder Scrolls. Chances are, if you look back on the back of a AAA box or look at a logo splash screen when you load a AAA game up, you'll see the Havoc logo. However, like when Microsoft acquired Mojang and Minecraft, and I'm going to keep calling it Mojang. That's what they call it. Yep. Microsoft intends to keep Havoc open to everyone, even their competitors. In a statement released to IGN, Microsoft noted that the company, quote, will continue to license Havoc's technology to the broad AAA games industry. This also means that we will continue to license Havoc's technology to run across various game consoles, including Sony and Nintendo, end quote. So it's a very shrewd pickup. I'm not going to get into the importance of middleware and all that kind of stuff, and, uh, except for to say that this stuff is what makes helps make games run. Right. Um, specifically with in, with in terms of Havoc, like physics. Um, this is a huge, like a huge get. I, I'm surprised that this isn't making more of the rounds like havoc is in everything yeah it's just that that logo i can see it in my fucking mind's eye it's just <laughs> on the back of boxes on those splash screens you see the yellow kind of like spiky thing it looks like a, a buzzsaw blade yeah um so yeah the thing about it that happened the thing about it is a big announcement but in the, the fact of them saying they're going to support everything makes it less of an announcement you know what i mean if anything it makes me question like what Microsoft's thing is, you know, what is Microsoft's plan for Mojang for this for Xbox? How does this are they securing a future where similar to how Sony has all these third parties, right? That if or I'm sorry, all these first parties that if they ever want to get out of making hardware, they can just be game publishers. If you know Microsoft wants to dump Xbox, whether it be the hardware side of it, do they just want to be a player that's only in other people making games and make their money that way? They understand that video games as an industry are going nowhere, but maybe Xbox won't be around forever. You know, sure, what I mean? it could be a future-proof thing. I still feel like. Not only to Michael Pactor's point when he talked about how both he expects Xbox One and PS4 to both sell over a mil- hundred million, which is way more than PS3 and Xbox 360 sold. Yeah, not sure I agree. We'll see. Um, but 
to that point, and to the point of just anecdotal evidence that console gaming is huge, whether it's the PS4 sales or whatever it is, I just think you don't want a future proof too early either. Um, and just write a ticket for yourself that's going to say like, well, we're going to get out of this in five years because it's not going to be here anymore. Because if we listen to ourselves five years ago or to the conventional wisdom in the industry five years ago, then we would not even have a PS4. So yeah. um, I still feel like there's a lot of rubber banding going on in terms of like the way people feel about games and the way the games are doing and the way the consoles are selling that people started to believe the mobile hype. They started to believe all these kinds of things and really believed in their hearts, including me, that console gaming was dead and that I needed to find something else to do. And they were, we were all wrong. I didn't want that to happen, but I thought people were actually like knew what the fuck they were talking about and they didn't. So um, all I'm saying is that like you want to prepare for a future. I use this analogy a few times where an army sees uh, an army's on one hilltop and they see an army on another hilltop and they're like, all right, now we have to we have to prepare to fight because the army's on that hilltop and we have to figure it out. But you don't want to like assume that army is going to appear on that hilltop at some point and be like, we have to start preparing now. The army's not on the hilltop yet and we don't know if we're going to be in any trouble, but let's just prepare, like have a contingency plan. I'm not necessarily sure you want to go through and bring your business through that cycle because who the fuck knows where we're going to be in five years from sure. now. Wait until you see the threat on the distant horizon, then deal with it. You have plenty of time. Mm-hmm. That said, I just think it's a shrewd move for them. The same thing with Mo it's Yang, smart. where it's just like, it's just like make, your, make your money. Like Mo Yang, if I was Microsoft and I was doing Mo Yang, I'd be like, mm, and I can make the numbers work. I'd be like, Minecraft 2 is the thing and it's going to be on Xbox One and Windows. Yeah. But like, there and I would have been like we're cutting off support for the other, but then you like burn the consumer. It's a very complicated right, 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 right. dance. You become you, to, you become the devil they all worried about. When the, we you know what I mean yeah. when Mo Yang announced this was mm-hmm. happening, everybody thought it was the end of the world. Yeah, it's so I I do agree with you that they're becoming more as the word we use often now agnostic, and they they just are. I mean their games are, and this is what I've said before, and I'll say it again. Like you just don't see com- Sony Computer Entertainment published games on PC. You don't. You know. Like Street Fighter Five might be really one of the first ones of any note. Like like Bloodborne was is not on PC. Uh, Uncharted is not on PC. One of the Pixel Junks was, wasn't it? Yeah, p- all the Pixel Junk games went over. But yeah, that's yeah. a different. That's a second party. The point. The point saying. is, is that uh, like you know, Q Games is a second party studio. The point is, is that they're just going in two def- different directions right sure. now. You will never sure. see Uncharted on PC, at least in the foreseeable future. It's just not going to happen. There's no reason for them to do that. They they're doubling down on Sony's doubling down on PlayStation. Uh, Microsoft's doubling down on Windows. True. You know, and point. Xbox as a platform that exists outside of the box itself. And I'm, and, and I'm not sure. I don't think it's smart business personally, but I don't presume to know what Phil Spencer knows. And I'm not, I don't presume to know the numbers he has to hit and all those kinds of things. I just think if you want to make your box special, you have to give people a reason to buy your box. Right. Yeah. And so it's like when you see things like, oh, well, Fable, if you're into the new Fable game, well, it's on PC as well. It's like, all right. Like, you know. We all know, of, I, I assume Halo and Gears and all these things will eventually be on PC. Yeah, but we've talked about that before, too. Where I, I don't, That one I have a harder time agreeing with you, because PC people are PC people. And I, I just don't, I mean, if you're a kid and you're into PCs, you're into PCs probably the rest of your way. And I don't know if, you know, your friend being excited about Halo is going to bring you over to Xbox One. So should Sony then just put their games on PC as well? If I it mean, doesn't matter, then they should just do that. But I mean, no, you're talking about different things as far as company-wise. I think car, com- supporting different arms of the company. Microsoft is, you know, Xbox is a branch of it that's using. And I think that since they have Windows, which is a branch of it that they're using, they see the benefit in this is how this is going to be. We can't win over the Steam crowd. We can't do this. They, If you're into Steam and you love Steam, you love Steam, and we're not going to get you back. I think those people have a PS4 for the exclusive every so often, maybe, kind of. You know what I mean? But, like, PC people love their PCs, and that's the thing. Sons of bitches. And them fucking mobile playing assholes. Number 12. When Just Cause 3 launches in December, it's set to deliver one of the biggest maps in the history of gaming. The island of Medici, Just Cause 3's fictional setting, will span over 400 miles, according to IGN. 
Avalanche Studios confirmed to the site that the island itself would be split into three regions, a, quote, medley of wealthy and poor towns, okay. end quote, for one, reg one region, military bases in, quote, very poor fishing towns, end quote, for the second region, and a forested and mountainous area for the third region. Um, sounds cool. Yeah, everything I've seen from Just Cause 3 makes it look like it's going to be a ton of fun. I've hosted their panels. I've seen their explosion technology. I've seen what they're doing and the insanity of jumping out of the helicopter, shooting through the air, taking tanks in the air, and you throw your little grappling hook on them three times, and you pull cars, and everything explodes and shoots off. It's insane. I I still wonder if this is going to be one of the contributors, though, to the open world fatigue, which, uh, yeah. I, which I, I feel like is is happening. My thing is I don't know how much of a contributor it will be as much as it will be a victim of it. I think by the time you get to it in December, you get to it in December, people are going to be like, I'm locked into Fallout, and I've already played Batman, and I've already done this, and I've already done and The, the Witcher, Witcher, and, and I've already played Light, Metal Gear, and, yeah. and I've already played Dying Light. And like now, is this one's, I think, a little bit more... This one you can get away with, if they market it correctly, of like, this isn't about endless quests, this is about endless explosions. You tear down every statue, blow up every building, do that kind of crap. That's what you're here to do. But by the time you get there... Is everyone going to be super hungover? You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like uh, it's something I got to think about more in terms of fleshing out my opinions on it. But I feel like we are at a state of developing open world fatigue. I feel like open worlds were I love open world games. I love them. I love games where you can just do whatever you want. I think Fallout's the epitome of that. But they were special. Now they are normal. And now so I'm of two minds where I'm like, well, then then these games must step up their game and be better. Um, and the good ones will stick out. But then I'm also on the mind where I'm like, so I'm playing Uncharted, you know, Nathan Drake collection now, and I'm like, this is nice. Like, I don't have to worry about where the fuck I'm going right, right, or right. what I'm doing. There's no quests. There's like, you know, it's going to be fucking agita when I'm playing it. I'm just curious to see how it all folds out in like the next 18 months or two years because I just don't know that the market can support this many open world games any more than I can think it can support the, the, the amount of racing games that have come out, um, some of which have done well, some of which haven't. Um, the amount of like, 8-bit throwbacks are a good example like they were really novel and now they're kind of boring they're kind of everywhere yeah, you know yeah. um anyway number 13 tony hawk's pro skater 5 is completely busted and publisher activision and developer robomoto are fully aware and looking into the issues the looking into them the game which currently enjoys an amazing 34 <laughs> on ps4's metacritic is dire and activision has said uh, had the following to say on the game's future quote we are aware of the issues that players have experienced following the launch of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5 and are working with the developer to address these so we can continue to improve the gameplay experience for all of the Tony Hawk fans who have known and loved this franchise for more than 16 years. Uh, what a way to go out. Yeah, it's really too bad, huh? Yeah. It really is. Just like in that statement, like how can we get more corporate and PRE? Can we just, can you just admit how fucked it, I mean, you know, WB at least took down Batman Arkham Knight when it was all screwed yeah. up on PC right, and gave refunds. Like you're charging sixty bucks for this thing, and it's out there, and it's a colossal giant fuck up. Yeah, it's embarrassing. Yeah. I, I I understand the conspiracy theories about why they might have wanted to do that, um, but the fact remains that you know wh whether the license was expiring, whether it was just time, right. maybe it was costing them too much money. It's I really do stand by the fact that it's very on Activision. I, I I don't I don't I understand why people give Activision shit in the sense that they're this, this megalithic fucking company and people just don't like those kinds of companies, but. They don't release bad games. I mean, they don't. In fact, they and when release you say pretty, bad, you mean broken, right? Like they release games. pretty good games, and um, you know, for for the most part, anyway. I think Call of Duty, for instance, is a masterclass in shooting, and um, it's the just surprising. That argument is just like, where do we cut it off on what? I mean, like they've put out a bunch of bad Spider-Man games. That's true. That I, was I don't, years ago. That's true, but I'm not sure. I mean, even cursorily being 
uh, aware of those subpar Spider-Man or superhero games that they did. I'm not sure any of them were at 34 sure. on Metacritic. Sure, 100% with you on that. And I'm not so sure you see many games at 34 on Metacritic, period. Yeah. You know, not today. Like, game can settle 5, 6, 7, I mean, but not the 3s. I mean, that's bad. I'm with you. Especially in, a, in an industry where people are quite generous with their scores, which is why scoring is dumb. Dumb. Number 14, Until Dawn, Supermassive's PS4 exclusive teen horror game is officially a sleeper hit, at least according to Sony Shuhei Yoshida. In a conversation with Eurogamer, Yoshida noted that, quote, we can say it's a sleeper hit once it's recognized originating with consumers. The marketing department can continue to support the title through Christmas with some creative ideas. I'm very happy with how the game was received. He's talking, and that's the end of his quote for there. He's talking about why it wasn't advertised to begin with. Sure. And then he says, quote, people have asked me why it wasn't marketed as much as other titles. It's a decision made by marketing departments in each region. Because of the focus on this Christmas time frame to really support the big third-party titles like Destiny and these titles, they didn't see the need to push until dawn that much from a platform marketing standpoint, end quote. I, I agree and believe what Yoshida is telling the truth here. I, I think that he's on to something in terms of like they only have a finite amount of resources you want to focus on the third-party games. I also truly believe in my heart they had no idea this game was good. Like I really, I really do believe that. Yeah. Like they, they didn't know that this game was as good as it was. You usually get a vibe, you know, um... The game wasn't only good, it was excellent. It's one of the best games of the year, and I just don't think they knew what they had. I really believe that. If they knew what they had, then it makes this makes no sense. They should have advertised the game. And they haven't lost an opportunity. They should, they should use the Halloween. Yeah, it's not uh, dead. Know. You know what I mean? That's the big thing. What, and to your point, right, remember that marketing budgets and plans are made months in advance. So, yeah, when they see this on the docket and they haven't had a great play test, they haven't gone out, they haven't gotten a demo, that's when it gets weird, right? And then when they finally starts getting out to press and they realize that the, the tastemakers get to say, hey, this is awesome, then it's one that's, oh, crap, you know what I mean? They should really try to figure out right now and get the pedal down for Halloween. Yeah, I, I hope that they do because I think that Until Dawn is clearly selling better than they thought. It's clearly better than they thought. Um, it deserves more. I want Supermassive to do more, so I want people to support the game. If you haven't played Until Dawn yet, I really do highly recommend it. So get go, out there and play Until so Dawn. So go, go play it and check it out and, and let us know what you think. I think you're going to enjoy it. There's truly nothing like it. Number 15. So quick ones now here, Greg. The last three will be quick. How about some miscellaneous sales data? Guys? I'd love it. Sniper Elite franchise developed by Rebellion has surpassed 10 million units sold globally. Oh, the franchise originally debuted a decade ago. There are currently three games in the series. Additionally, 2K Games revealed that the company shipped 4 million copies of NBA 2K16 in its first week. Very A record for the series. It's important to note that ship doesn't equal sold to consumer. Though companies rarely overship copies of big games, especially early on in the commercial run. So People love it too. Yeah, 2K, yeah, 2K16 is going to be on MPD for a long time. Number 16, I would usually, well, I'll let, I would typically leave this news to that these are the little games announced here and are some release date story that we okay. do at the end. Uh, but why is but this, this is a strange one. A strange one, everybody. Civilization Revolution 2 Plus, which was rated for the PS Vita way back in May by Peggy, and Peggy. with no word on it since then, now has its trophies pop up on Exophase, meaning the game is very real, indeed. The game has 62 trophies, including a platinum trophy, and someone somewhere knows it's real, Greg. Nice. But the game has yet to be announced or confirmed for release. What do you make of that? That's awesome. I hope it's just sne it just sneaks up on us and they release well, it. Why aren't they talking about it? It was they because they don't need to talk about Vita games. But they really reached out to ESRB and Peggy so long ago that it was fucking rated in May, and then they trophies pop, so the tr the game's gone through QA and cert. Yeah, so it's up. So now, like you're like I just feel like that's a somewhat significant announcement for Vita. I, I feel like we got to get some blog posts, we got to get build some hype. I don't think it's a game you want to drop and be like, oh, it's or we find out in the drop one day. It's like, oh, by the way, you know, you're thinking of it all wrong. You know what you do with this one, and this is just coming to me on the fly. So stick with me. 
and I know it's early for it, but they're just getting their ducks in a row because Gio Corsi likes to get ahead of things. Gio Corsi comes out of PSX, talks about the fact that, you know, there's been a lot of chatter on the papers, the, the, the dirt sheets that we're not supporting the Vita. I have five Vita games for you that are out. And then at the end, he goes, they're all out now. He, he announces them all. This is one of them, and they're all out right now. That'll be fun. That means that they would have to hold this game for over two months. Yep. Well, they've already, I mean, what? They got it approved in May, so... Things are, it's already yeah. been going. Just True enough. Get it all lined up. They got other things to worry about. True enough, Greg. Final, number 17. Here are some minor game announcements and release date information. Divinity Original Sin will come to PS4 as well as Xbox One on October 27th. The game launched on PC last year. Primal Carnage Extinction, which launched on PC early in 2015, will come to PS4 on October 20th. Wario 64 of NeoGAF fame tweeted out that Evolve Ultimate Edition will come to PS4 as well as Xbox One on November 3rd, linking to Amazon links for the unannounced product. Dead Star, a new game from Armature Studios made up of ex-retro devs. These are the guys that are doing ReCore. Yeah. Have been announced for PS4 as well as PC for a 2016 release. I think IGN has all the scoops on that. And Battlefield 4 is getting new free DLC called Community Operations. So that is the end of the news, Greg. Good job, Colin. Thank you. But I'd like to deviate. Please up real quick to keep you on your toes before we get to one of the many segments we know and love. Uh, last week on PS I Love You XOXO. We, in a news story, we're talking about Neil Druckmann and the theme of Uncharted 4, mm. at which point I said to you, viewer and listener, I wanted to know what we debated. What are, what, well, what are the theme? What's the theme for Uncharted 1 through 3? What would you call each one of those? Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Remember, we kicked around a few and da 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 da. Sure. I said, actually, it sounds a lot like the Uncharted 4 theme, so what the hell's the difference? Uh, but I did say go to kindoffunny.com slash forums. That's with, that's, yeah, that's that, with an that's, S. It's forum with an S at the end of it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Forums. Uh, to put up your interpretation. So I have a couple here. You want to hear them? Yes, please. Good, because it would have been really screwed up the show if you said no. Uh, Rich Allah said, In Drake's fortune, Nate learns about the line between being evil and a thief. He understands being one does not mean you're the other. I think Among Thieves tells a, tells a sort about who your friends are. I think he means the story. Tells a story about who your friends are and who you can really trust. Who will always have your back. Like you and me, Colin. Mm. While Drake's deception deals with obsessions, how far are you willing to go for them? And who and what are you willing to sacrifice for them? I like some of those. I don't think it doesn't sound inaccurate. Out. Yeah, exactly. Well, there's a lot of interpretation in here. Sure. I feel like he's dressing a lot up because I feel like they're all pretty much the same. You know, like we were saying with Uncharted 4, right? Mm -hmm. What is loss and betrayal and all right, sure. sure like any story. Yeah. Three act structure. Russia says, I think. I think that this was easy. As for every Uncharted games, there's a subtitle. Drake's Fortune, Among Thieves, and Drake's Deception, respectively. Perhaps those were all the themes. Interesting point. I like that, too. I don't know. That's an interesting point. That's kind of a cop-out. It's not. It, it is, but it's there. It's not a It's not a bad... I mean, it's... A, Drake's Fortune's a theme? What the fuck does that mean? I don't understand what that means. He thought the fortune was the money he would get, but instead it was the love he and got. And then the theme is Among Thieves, and then the theme is Drake's Deception. That doesn't, those I'm sorry. Among I gotta, I'm calling bullshit on among that one. I love you, but I'm, I'm calling bullshit on that one. Uh, Jay Jamrock said I find it interesting that Neil said that about Uncharted 4 because I feel like they've all I feel like that has always been the overall theme of the Uncharted games what are you willing to sacrifice to achieve greatness aspects of yourself putting your loved ones in danger at what point is it just time to call it and go home good point and the final one here I have is Camp Beta 18 Uncharted 1 was about the ideal idealized dream fulfillment Uncharted 2 is about realizing that dream might not be worth it worth the cost to acquire it and uncharted 3 was about self-discovery and learning what you have is better than the dream that's a good one you like that yeah. one yeah i like how they were all tied together and they all built up to something natural three-act structure exactly 
Now we have a fourth, the fourth act. Now it's the, the mystery, mystery act. It's the whatever. It's the bonus yeah. bonus act you get at the end of the credits. Colin, if I wanted to know what came to stores this week, where would I go? You go to the official list of, a list of upcoming PlayStation software on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation Vita and sometimes PlayStation 3 by the Kind of Funny co-founders. Let's get into it. Chart. Let's get into it. I sang, a song, I sang about your shirt. Oh, thank you. First one on the list, Greg, is Dengeki Bunko fighting Climax. Been waiting for it. I've been fighting Climax this whole show. I don't think you even know what the word means. This is coming to PS3, MPS Vita, detail, uh, digital, and retail. It says, get ready for a dream duel of epic, of epic proportions in Dengeki Bunko fighting Climax. A 2D fighting game featuring an all-star cast of popular characters from Dengeki Bunko. <laughs> Say it again. Dengenki Bunko novels Someone make that a ring set against Sega-themed worlds. I want that as my text alert. Jesus Christ. Uh, on PS4, digital retail, Disgaea 5, Alliance of Vengeance, which I know a lot of our listeners are very excited about. Form an alliance and get revenge in the latest SRPG in the Disgaea franchise. Kilia, a loner, is drawn into forming a rebel army with a group of overlords to oppose Demon Emperor Void Dark and prevent him from taking I over all of Void the netherworlds. Dragon Age Inquisition Game of the Year edition is coming to PS4 only, digital and retail. So no, P- I mean, PS. it will not come to PS3. It'll come to Xbox One. Winner of over 130 Game of the Year awards, discover the definitive Dragon Age Inquisition experience. The Game of the Year edition includes the critically acclaimed game Jaws of Hacken, The Descent, and Trespasser, and added features. You're going to be excited about this one. I don't, think you, I don't think you know about it yet. Farming Simulator 16 comes to Vita. Retail and digital. You think I don't know about that? Guess who's already got it on his Vita? Oh, goddamn. I thought you already had it on PS4. Develop and grow your farm across a huge dynamic landscape. Farming Simulator 16 invites you to enter the world of a modern-day farmer. Perform duties including animal husbandry, planting, harvesting, and trading crops. Sounds thrilling. I can't wait. Onigiri, uh, which we announced, I thought maybe for PS3 maybe last week, is on PS4 now digitally. Onigiri is an MMORPG where you can use various types of weapons to combat monsters. In a fantastic world that mixes history and fairy tales, the story will take you and your companions through an exciting journey. Some fucking platitudes in that one. Ride is coming to PS4 and PS3 digitally and retail. Tony Hawk's Ride? No. Ride the best bikes in the world currently in production and the most popular models from the past, choosing from 14 different manufacturers. That is a fucking awful write-up because it doesn't even make it clear that it's motorsports and not a bike. <laughs> Rock Band 4. So they're like, oh, oh. like oh, so like Trek and uh, Cannondale? Oh, you like that uh, Trek and Cannondale? Rock Band 4 comes to PS4 digital and retail. Seamlessly support your Rock Band wireless guitars, drums, and microphones. Freely import your previous Rock Band music library purchases into Rock Band 4. Doesn't even say what the game is. AZ. Went to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ to ask his question and says, Hey guys, what are your first impressions of Rock Band 4? And do you think the climate is ready for another wave of plastic rhythm games? What are, you, what are your first impressions of Rock Band 4? It's Rock Band. It is so fucking Rock Band. It's just Rock Band. It's Which the same is, game. And like, and it's, it really is. <laughs> like, it's one of those where I don't mean for it to sound like an insult because I was I crafted my my very you know intuitive 140 character review this morning with the embargo. I saw that yeah I saw that and it's it's totally rock band again which is good if you were excited for more rock band but if you had any expectations of this going up you know what I mean like it's the same fucking career it's always been of like. You started out in your city. All right, now you can have a van or this. Now you can have this manager or this. You go through. It's the same cartoony look, and they're not really sunk. You know what I mean? They're just doing their thing. And I'm not I'm not looking for any of those things to be upgraded. You know what I mean? Like, if the tour mode was from the ground up amazing and different, maybe I'd be more into it or whatever. But it's like I'm building my fourth rock band, and I'm, building, I'm doing the same things again in rock band going around. But in reality, it's all about fucking playing music and going down the highway, so it doesn't matter. I don't sure, know. Sure, sure. I think that... 
Yeah, I'm of two minds. A, uh, one mind is like, this is lazy. And I was shocked by how it's just the same fucking game. Exactly. You know, this like, when was when was Rockman 3? Like 2000, 2008? 2000, Jesus uh, Christ. Right? No. Was three. It? I said three. Oh, three. Oh, three. I see. I see. No, I see. Been, like the last installment must have been. I'm going to look right 20, now. I'm going to say without looking. I'm going to say, I'm gonna say oh, okay. 2010. Yes. Okay, cool. So, so, I mean, like this could have come out in 2011. You could show it to somebody in 2011 and nobody would be like, what? What is this new rock band? No, I'd be like, oh, cool. They got rid of the guitar. Weird. Yeah, it's, you know it's what I mean? it seems it, it comes off to me at first blush as a little lazy. Yeah, like it's it literally is. I don't say literally. I'm sure there's differences. There is. It is pretty much the same game. Yeah. And I didn't expect to turn it on and be so familiar with it. It's interface. It's yeah. the way you go through a tour. I'm like, come on. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Um, But I think you are right that what else are you going to do to it? It is about playing the games in free play mode. No one gives a fuck about any of the other stuff. Yeah. So can you buy your old music? Yes. Can you import shit? Yes. Can you like the instruments? Yeah, it's fine. It's great. You know? See, so, and that, that's my biggest problem with it, honestly, is the fact that right now we're at the, there's no turn on the thing and it's like, hey, Game Over, Greggy, welcome back to Rock Band. You have 55 whatever songs to download. Let's hit the download all ball button and wait. It's no, welcome to Rock Band Play. Where's all my DLC? Go into the store. I have to look through 5 million songs until I finally see purchase, then click on it, and then download. And some of them, I, I know, if you're listening to Harmonics, I know that I've bought Right Behind You, Charlene, by Stephen Colbert. I know I owned that song. I played it all the time. And it's sitting right there asking for more money. And I'm like, no, you snakes in the fucking grass. You ain't getting me again. Yeah, I, I, I'm, a, I'm just of two minds. I think, it's, I think if you're in a rock band, it's going to be fine. I don't think it's going to blow you away. I don't think it's going to blow anyone away. Yeah. I will say that the set list on... Uh, Native to Rock Band 4 fucking sucks. No fun. I didn't like and, uh, it. And the only fun that I would have had with the game and had we continue to play it more, because there's like five or six songs in there where I'm like, oh, these are good songs. Yeah. Like, The Outfield's Your Love or something. Like, it's a great yeah, song. Yeah. But there's like some fucking trash on the Stuff song. we don't know. Yeah, and it's like, you have where big, are the songs? Like, they already were. That's the, that's the one thing Rock Band shot itself in the foot with, right? Is that they had such a strong library from forever ago that now they're putting acts you know and like music of in the game and not their songs because those songs were already in other games. You know what I mean? Like, it's this weird it thing. It is complicated, that, but maybe... Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think this game's going to do fine. I'm interested to see how well it does. Yeah. It's fun. We'll play it more. Yeah. When people are over. Yeah. Tim and I want to play it more. Saint Seiya Soldier's Souls coming to PS4 and PS3 digitally. Says the long... And I know you've been waiting for this a long time. The long-awaited return of Saint Seiya is here with Saint Seiya Soldier's Soul. You know I miss Sensei. It leverages the power of the new generation consoles for spectacular graphics, more robust gameplay, and intense battles. Note that it comes out on PS3 as well as PS4, so I don't know what yeah, the Who doesn't love is. a good PS3? But they're saying it leverages the power of the new generation consoles. But it's still on PS3. Yeah. Shooters. It's leveraging. It's not using. It's, oh, it's leveraging. I, I There's it's a difference. Very, a huge difference. Shooter Starfighter Sanveen is a PS1 classic. So it'll be available digitally. Pilot powerful ships, ground, photon, or gravitron to battle in space. Defeat enemy gravitron? armies with space mines, lasers, missiles, and more. So you get your PS1 classic. Damn. Too. The Star Wars Battlefront beta is out on PS4 10-8, October 8th. So that is Thursday. Enter the battle. The beta is a technical test and will give rebels and imperials alike just a small taste of the Star Wars battles you can expect to live out when the game launches on November 17th. Okay. Another PS1 classic, Street Racquetball, comes out digitally. It says, take it outside for the fastest action ever on the court. Use quick reflexes and split-second timing to win the game and unlock new courts and characters. Damn. Super Meat Boy comes to PS4 and Vita digitally, and ah, it's cross-by yes. between the two. Super Meat Boy is a tough-as-nails platformer where you play as an animated cube of meat who's trying to save his girlfriend who happens to be made of bandages from an evil fetus, uh, an evil fetus <laughs> in a jar wearing a tux. Makes sense when you think about it. It's an allegory for our life. It is. 
Transformers Devastation comes out on PS4 and PS3, digital and retail. The Transformers are back, and this time they're in the hands of acclaimed developer Platinum Games, who have married over-the-top brawler action with comic book-inspired art. You can go on YouTube.com slash games to see our Let's Play. And finally, Greg, uh, the best for last, Uncharted, the Nathan Drake collection, comes uh, digital and retail, but it's not out until the 9th, Friday. Oh, International release, I guess. One of those guys. From the groundbreaking storytellers at Naughty Dog comes the genre-defining epic that revolutionized adventure storytelling, rebuilt by Bluepoint Games with the power of PS4. Experience one of the most revered game series of all time as you follow the perilous journey of Nathan Drake across the globe. That is it for the games. It's a lot of games. It is a lot of games. I'm, I'm ready for that Super Meat Boy. Me too. I'd l- I, I'm excited to play more Rockman when we download all the old stuff when I figure that out and I buy some new stuff. And then I'm Uncharted. And of course, you're going to buy Saint Seiya. Shattered Saint Seiya. I've been very, well. very excited for the return of Saint Seiya. Certainly. What I have been excited for, Colin, Gregway is the return of one and only Shuhei Yoshida, president of Sony Worldwide Studios. He was nice enough to Skype in with us, talk a little bit about what's happening this holiday, what the, the first parties are up to, what's going on with his VR business. Mm-hmm. And Vita and, and other things, too. He, nah, he said Vita's dead. He's oh, been on it. I heard. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, we talked about... Oh, I mean, you'll see. We'll see what we talked about, about how he manages the first party resources, our second party exclusives coming back. A lot of people thought they were dying. They were more yeah, alive yeah. than ever. In fact, I brought up the point that I never even thought about until we were interviewing him, where I'm like... Every exclusive this year on PlayStation 4 of AAA variety are all second-party games. Mm. The Order comes Bloodborne. from Ready at Dawn. Bloodborne is a, a From Software game, even though it's Studio Japan like produced it. Uh, Until Dawn is super massive. Uncharted Collection is Blue Point. Yeah, none of the first parties released the game this year. What are these first-party people doing? Sort it out. It's unbelievable. Then none of them released the game. Yeah, Media Molecule tear away unfolded. Ladies, like and I said, none of them released the game. Here's your topic <laughs> of the show. Toss, toss. As I live and breathe, Shuhei Yoshida. Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I'm so funny. How you doing, Shu? Yeah, doing great. You know, I was uh, in the UK last weekend, and uh, yeah, there are lots of uh, opportunities to talk about the last 20 years of uh, history, and it's been very funny. This is my third year of talking about 20 years of history because. Uh, <laughs> Two years ago, uh, the launch year of PlayStation 4, uh, we are celebrating the uh, establishment, 20th anniversary of uh, establishing Sony Computer Entertainment. Uh, it was uh, established in, in November 2000, uh, 1993, the year I joined. And uh, last year was the 20th year of launching PlayStation in Japan. <laughs> it was December the 3rd. Uh, in 1994, and this year, of course, is the 20th anniversary of uh, launching PlayStation in the U.S. and uh, Europe and the rest of the world. So it's been it's been fun, you know, looking back at things and uh, what we did right and what did wrong and uh, what we are looking for the future. So how how have you been? It's been uh, some time. Um, um, uh, for you to restart the thing, I was kind of expecting, but uh, you know, it's well, we, great. To see we figured you. what better 20th anniversary gift to give you than us coming back to do a PlayStation podcast shoe. Wow, that's a great point. I wasn't thinking about it, but now that you said, I agree. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Did you listen to the first episode? Uh, yes, yes, uh, of course. And uh, also, I, I because I had like an hour and a half in the train uh, this morning, I listened to the latest podcast Beyond, uh-huh. and uh, those guys like Marty and uh, Andrew were 
saying they are very happy to have you back on, you know, uh, doing PlayStation podcast. Yeah. And he, they, they didn't know, they don't know what they are uh, talking about. They say that, well, you know, they are, you know, in this world, you know, two things can coexist. Yeah. Well, we, that's what we want them to think before we squash them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's like you guys in Xbox, right? Like it's it, it, sure there's a competition there, but a rising tide brings up all boats. We love IGN, we love Beyond, we love what we built there, and we love those guys. We want to see them be successful. But yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but but I have a question because uh, you know, listening to your uh, episode last, the first you know episode one, you know, clearly shows that both of you, especially Karin, has this wealth of uh, knowledge for the last you know many, many years of PlayStation, but, you know, compared to where you are doing uh, at IGN, you, you are covering a lot more uh, things now, so probably you won't be able to spend as much time uh, uh, following up with things that, you know, what's happening in PlayStation Nation and uh, visiting developers or, you know, spending time playing games on PlayStation only, so probably that will, you know, uh, be, become a factor going forward. It could be. I think that we we oh, we still very faithfully play PS4 and Vita primarily. Um, yes. I, I'm I, <laughs> the 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 one thing I I think you're right about that I I'm disappointed in, but it, it is just the reality is that I will no longer and we will no longer be able to really break news and sure have our contacts and do all those kinds of things. We're more going to react to everything now. But that's what Beyond was with us. Yeah. Right? That, the the thing I keep telling people, Shu, right, is the fact that. With where we are right now with internet personalities and YouTubers in specifically, where we fall in, right, is the fact that you go to YouTubers or personalities for a specific thing. And we already have people coming to us for PlayStation knowledge. So if anything, honestly, it still will be a lot of the same because we actually enjoy PlayStation platforms. Yeah. That's where we're playing. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I learned that, you know, Greg, you are the very first uh, journalist to finish uh, Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I was. Uh, uh, Kojima-san, when he met me, had many questions. Many questions for me, as I was the first person he had met who had beaten the game. <laughs> oh, no, no. I learned that on, uh, actually, Game Informer podcast. I, you know, shoot, when you're a big deal, everybody talks about you, you know. And, like, I'm a big deal, uh, so no, people no, are no, talking no. about me. Everybody wants to talk to you, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> that, that episode was a great thing, you know, when uh, Kojima-san said, that, you know, I want the whole Greg Miller experience or something right? like that. Yeah, that was crazy when he said that to me years and years ago at the PlayStation 4 event back in New York. Yeah, like, that was weird. That was when, you know, we, you and I were both up-and-coming personalities back then. We had no idea how far this would take us, Shoe. Look at us yeah. now, the faces yeah. of companies. So if, uh, if any of you listening to kind of funny podcast and who like uh, Greg Miller, maybe, you know, uh, most of you, uh, I, I recommend to check out the latest episode of Game Informer podcast. There's a, you know, at, in the, at the last section of the podcast, there's a quite long, you know, great interview uh, with uh, Greg Miller. Yeah, those, are, those guys are great. I got to talk to Tim for a while. Yeah, Tim Terry is a good dude. Yeah, yeah, good people. Yeah. Now, Shu, you were over at this EGX thing the other day. You're yes, a gamer yes, expert. EGX. EGX, it was my first EGX. It was, you know, great fun. It was like, uh, community event, you know, larger than PSX, but smaller than, you know, of course, like uh, Gamescom. Yeah. Have you been there yet? No, not yet. No, we no. haven't been. Well, I want to go to London so bad. I've never been. No, no, no. Actually, it was in Birmingham. I've never been <laughs> I there I have no idea what that was. <laughs> <laughs> I have to look up the Google map to find, you know, Birmingham. And uh, it, it's uh, somewhere in between London and uh, Liverpool. I know. But it was nice and you had fun. You saw a Nando's, I saw. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I was, uh, you know, uh, of course, you know, I was checking uh, 
my uh, TL uh, on the Twitter, and uh, you you know saw you talking about Nando's. You know what, what's this cheeky Nando? And uh, you you know sent me the link uh, uh, of uh, their crazy YouTube advertising. Yeah. I couldn't tell it was a fake or a real oh, thing. Oh, that's real. That's all very, very real. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's how crazy it is. It's a real thing. You yeah. know? Uh, so I was, you know, walking uh, on the street in the Birmingham yeah. uh, and found that place. But uh, unfortunately, that place was a bar and uh, I was, uh, uh, that, that, that place was still closed. You know, I was walking gotcha, I during lunchtime. So I, I, I didn't, couldn't have the chance to try it. Next time, we'll go together. Mm. But more to the point, oh, yeah, yeah. you go yeah. to this EGX so, and you walk in and you say, Vita 2 is dead. There will never be a Vita. <laughs> and then you spit on the Vita, I heard. Well, you know, I didn't say that. I just said that the environment is uh, not healthy. And uh, that created lots of uh, reactionary articles. That was very interesting. As the words left your mouth, did you, say, did you realize, like, ah, no. Like, you could already see what was about to happen? Uh, no, actually. You know, so the question was about, you know, if there will be, like, a beta 2. So, of course, you know, I, I won't talk about our future plans sure. or anything, but I just pointed out, you know, the compared to when we started planning uh, uh, for beta, that was, like, a 2008, 2009, you know, like, five years after. Look at how people, everyone, you know, even kids, have smartphones and playing games uh, almost for free, right? So, you know, I just pointed out that, you know, environment. Then there are lots of uh, articles like Kotaku uh, person talking about what was wrong about, you know, Vita. Mm -hmm. that's, that's related, but that's not to the, you know, point in terms of the original question. And I, but I, I do agree with most of the things that these people said. Uh, except that the Kotaku guy said the Uncharted Golden Abyss was a bad game. I know, that right? Was, Come that, on! That was an absurd. Now, I'll agree with him that resistance in Call of Duty were much to be desired. But Uncharted was, I think, still a, still a really fantastic uh, yeah. game. You know. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, 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 uh, I strongly disagree with that comment. But, you know, I, I understand where people are coming from. That shows, like, underlying... Uh, theme is uh, people who talked about, you know, Vita uh, jumped on this opportunity to almost show how, how much they loved uh, the device uh, to me. Uh, 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 it, it's great to see, you know, people are passionate, people spending lots of time playing games on Vita, like Brian Altano was talking about on this, uh, uh, they are on Podcast Beyond, you know, this week. Uh, games uh, like uh, Shovel Knight, yeah. you know, Super Time Force Ultra. Uh, these, you know, games are perfect to play on Vita. And these games still coming out, like you were talking about last week, uh, about volume and uh, uh, the servers, you know, from the Drinkbox. Drinkbox right, right. is one of my favorite indie developers in the world. So, you know, there are a lot that we can, you know, enjoy. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, Persona 4 Dancing All Night just came out. I have to imagine you're close I, to the Platinum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. IGN. Oh, oh you did? Uh, IGN, Andrew Goldfarb said, you know, the IGN gave it, you know, 84. And uh, it's, uh, it's a dance game, but it's more about, you know, uh, letting the characters talk about their lives. Right. And uh, you know, so, you know, if uh, you are a Persona 4 Golden fan, uh, there are reasons for you to pick up the game. Are you, like, I, I know that you can't speak to it specifically but because i know that you know you're, you guys aren't going to invest a lot more in or anything really more in first party resources into vita 
But do you? Yeah, I feel sorry for you know sorry for people. Yeah. No, it, it, I understand that. I mean, it's it's. It, I'm surprised we're not getting like Freedom Wars two or something like yeah. that. Yeah. But, but I understand generally that you guys don't want to invest those resources, and that makes sense, especially because you have PlayStation VR that you have to worry about in addition to PS4. Um, but do you still anticipate like? Vita is still alive and well in Japan, and it's not. It, it's mm -hmm. still alive here, but it's not, you know, doing the greatest. Do you anticipate that it's still going to have a little bit of time left before you guys pull the plug? Um, you know, two, three, four years. I mean, how do you see the future panning out without you guys supporting? Yeah. It? So the, um, uh, yeah, I'm sure you, you know, watched the uh, uh, press conference uh, last month in Tokyo. Mm -hmm. uh, still, there are many new. Um, great Vita games are uh, being announced by third-party publishers in Japan. Like you were talking about in the last uh, week's ep episode, uh, games like, uh, you know, the um, uh, Dragon Quest uh, Heroes, uh, actually coming out, uh, I think, this month in the West on PS4, right? That sounds right, yeah. Yeah, that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the sequel is going to be on Vita as well as uh, PS4. Awesome. Uh, and I believe that's coming out, you know, next year. And there's a cuter looking Final Fantasies uh, coming out next year. Uh, it's uh, called World of uh, Final Fantasy. You know, again by Square Enix. Uh, we will also come out on Vita. And uh, many other games, you know, from Japanese publishers, you know, they just continue to release Vita. You know, as you know, the, their culture of uh, people in Japan playing games, you know, outside their, you know, smallish home. You know, still is very strong, and uh, people and there's no shortage of people in the train like uh, uh, playing games on Vita and 3DS as well as you know smartphones. Stop talking so about the, phones. It's uh, overshoot. No more phones. Then <laughs> 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 um, well, there are you know good quality uh, games on the phone. Oh, here we go. Uh, but that's that's limited to you know touch interface. So. What they can do uh, is uh, kind of uh, limited. Can you tell us a little bit about you know the, the I'm super excited about Paris Games Week because this is this mm. is this Wait, is different. are you going? Uh, we're going? not. No, we're not. We're not going, unfortunately. Okay. But In this uh, age of internet. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll watch. <laughs> we'll see you at PSX, of course. But um, you know, this is different. This is unique for you guys, and and you really have these like you have five shows basically where you have to parcel out your announcements. You have. E3 and then Gamescom, which was not really a factor this year for you, then TGS, now Paris Games Week for this year, and then PSX. Mm -hmm. Are we going to see, yeah. Are we? is this going to be a, an E3-like or Gamescom-like show for you in terms of making some announcements? Our assumption is that we'll see Quantic Dreams game, but we're, we, are, we, are, we, are we assuming, because that just makes too much sense. Uh, but... Is this going to be a show of announcements, or are you guys kind of holding your cards for PSX? Well, in terms of positioning of the press conference, uh, for uh, Paris Games Week, it's exactly the position that we used to have for the games, uh, Gamescom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome. So, so, that, so yeah. you, you can uh, look back on what we did uh, for Gamescom in the past. Uh, we actually announced quite uh, uh, many games uh, from both first party and third parties, and uh, so it was. It's very much fun because. Uh, I don't know why, but the, the kind of things we tend to announce in, in Gamescom in the past uh, tend to be, you know, more interesting, smaller developer, you know, out there kind of uh, ideas. Not mainstream stuff like Dreams. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> dreams, actually, we, we did announce uh, during E3, so we are hoping that the, that become mainstream as well as uh, 
cocky and strange and uh, <laughs> out there concept. No, I'm yeah, yeah. So, so you know, uh, I, I'm very much looking forward to going to uh, Paris and uh, uh, see, you know, what's uh, going to be uh, announced there. And I uh, hope uh, you guys will uh, convey that message for us to your fans. That's what we do, Shu. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, by the way, speaking of, before we move too far away from the previous question, which was about EGX, I did see on the video that the very first question asked of you <laughs> at your thing was, was a Colin Moriarty question about <laughs> Sony Ben. So I thought that, that was, that's good that that's proliferating because that is the great tradition now. <laughs> Have you played yeah, any yeah. more so, of Sucker Punch's game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so, you know, it's great that uh, people mention you, Colin, uh, in other events. And uh, that shows how, how much uh, our talk uh, during E3 was a uh, success, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, there, there are people there in the UK, uh, you know, saw me and said, Beyond. <laughs> <sighs> That's great. That's good. So, so there's no equivalent of Beyond for your show, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that's our legacy. We're ha we're happy that we're all interconnected because of that show. Oh, okay. It's okay. one big family. Yeah, yeah. So then, yeah. So I said when I said that Beyond, you know, that person was uh, freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so yeah. So you know, like like you were calling, you are the most knowledgeable person of our first party. You know, studios, and I'm very, very proud of that. And thank uh, you. You really help us uh, help people uh, put the maps in their head of what studios we have and uh, what teams released when, and uh, so that the team has been must be working on something for three years or four years by now, or something like that. And uh, talking about Ben Studio, of course, we haven't announced anything. Uh, about what they are working on, but uh, it's true that their last game was the Golden Abyss, right? Yep, and that was a long time ago, four years ago almost. So. Yeah, yeah, it was almost. Yeah, it was four four years ago. So what they are working on, you know, I, I just said during uh, the uh, Q and A that it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I can say it's big. Uh, it's the biggest uh, uh, band game uh, ever. Uh, so it's a scoop for you, you know, kind of funny cool. people. Thank you. There you go. That'll be a headline yeah, everywhere. The biggest, the biggest game ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what what's next for PlayStation VR, Shu? You guys renamed oh. it. I love the name. I love it. I think it's going to help you make people understand what it is right at the glance. What's the next big step for it? Yeah, yeah. So big step is always has been and uh, will be to get people try it. And uh, great, great things. Uh, the reactions, you know, so we had like uh, many 20 or so kiosks uh, during TGS and uh, 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 for the first time, um, maybe we should have smarter, we should have done that earlier, that for the first time that we let people to choose what game or what demo to try. Oh. And because there are many, many like uh, new things like uh, Final Fantasy 14 demo, Danganronpa demo, like uh, Aquarium demo or the, you know, Hatsune Miku and Summer Lesson. These things have like a very specific audience or fans uh, each IP has, right? Yeah. And these people really, really want to experience the demos of their, their choice. So, you know, for the first time during TGS, we were able to uh, 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 make it happen. 
and the reaction was amazing. You know, I cannot mention the specific number, but the number of people who tried, uh, we uh, asked the questionnaire, you know, so many, you know, overwhelming people said, you know, they'll buy, you know, PlayStation VR. Because they, it's easy to say, you know, they'll buy, but uh, compared to, you know, any other things we do uh, during, uh, you know, our work, uh, the the impact uh, questionnaire were uh, the answers to the questions were uh, overwhelming. So you know we knew you know going in that we have to get people to experience it, and uh, uh, totally uh, uh, it was it's totally true. And uh, we'll continue to uh, bring uh, demos to uh, as many places in the world and uh, get people to try uh, PlayStation VR. And for the U.S., you know, of course, uh, PSX is mm -hmm. a huge, uh, huge step for us. How do you balance, you know, being in charge of all the studios? You were talking about how, you know, you, 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 the first parties have moved on from Vita, so you're focusing on PS4. How do you figure out which studios to pick off and say, like, we really need you to work on PlayStation VR? It seems like Sony London and Guerrilla Cambridge are two studios that are putting a lot of resources into, into mm. VR. Is, yeah. is, is there any, like... Is there any instinct in you or, or want you to go to someone like Sucker Punch or someone like Naughty Dog, one of your big Santa Monica, and be like, we want you, like one of our AAA tier developers, to make a VR game? Or is it wiser to just have them focus on the sure thing, which is PlayStation 4? Yeah, so the uh, answer is, uh, you know, we are big fan of uh, studios to come up with a concept, you know, come up with something they are really passionate about. And uh, try to balance that with uh, as a company or platform, you know, where we are going in terms of the, you know, platform features or new hardware, you know, launch or new feature launch, you know. So the the certain times, you know, studio has very very specific thing they are working on, like a sequel, right? And uh, so in in that case, you know, there are very little questions that you know what they should do. But uh, other times when studios has uh, resources to uh, start something totally new, you know, they come up with a lot of uh, many, you know, concepts, whether PS4 or VR or portable or whatnot. And uh, they go into the process of like, uh, you know, from concepting to, you know, uh, uh, prototyping to, you know, uh, talking with marketing to, you know, all those uh, uh, process. And uh, before they choose, uh, the final product, like, uh, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn, right? So before, you know, Guerrilla Amsterdam uh, decided to work on Horizon, they had many, you know, different uh, concepts that they kind of, you know, narrowed down, narrowed down each process. And the, the one other, the last uh, candidate uh, other than Horizon was quite, quite interesting to me as well and they are like a divided you know opinions about which they should go but uh, so so that's a process and uh, looking at all these uh, uh resources studios or looking at different options and uh, we look at the overall uh, portfolio of uh, product that we have you know in the pipeline for the next few years and when we see something is uh, uh, missing or uh, kind of uh, 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 off balance in terms of support we try to kind of encourage uh, the studio who are looking at different uh, uh, concepts and uh, one concept might fit better with what we are looking for from the platform standpoint. So that's the organic process uh, that we do like uh, almost you know, every day. So that's how we decide 
we don't go to a studio like London that you have to do VR because that wouldn't produce a, a great title. At least we don't believe that's the case. <laughs> so, but yeah, luckily London's been doing that, you know, AR camera based, you know, uh, um, gaming uh, for mass audience for the longest time. So they, they are the ones that, you know, we are gonna do this. So keeping on the thread of PlayStation VR shoe, if you, you were listening yeah. to last week's episode, in it, I talk about the fact that I love the tech, I understand it, every time I use it, I think it's cool, but I'm concerned about it being another PlayStation move, where it comes out, <laughs> the lineup isn't amazing, nobody buys it, developers don't support it, it doesn't go anywhere. Uh, why am I, yeah, yeah. why should I not have that fear? Uh, no, no. Yeah, I, I love these questions because I, these, you know, you give me opportunities to, to say no. <laughs> <laughs> this is no, uh, not that, you know, another PS Move, because and even though, you know, PS Move was really great with uh, PlayStation VR, uh, it was, uh, you know, ahead of time for PS3 days in terms of the, what PS Move as a device can do. Or this is not another, like, a 3D stereoscopic uh, gaming. You know, the difference is the experience that, you know, creates, that VR tech help developers to create is amazing. It's nothing like this before. And uh, this is something we all, you know, many of the developers always wanted to do is put you, the player, inside the game. And uh, that's been, so, so the concept of virtual reality has been there for the last like 30 years or so. And uh, in 1990s, uh, people try, actually tried to productize, productize it, uh, like a virtuality, you know, arcade. Uh, but the technology at that time didn't support the to create a great experience, even though the older theory was already worked out there. So it's only now that the technology has caught up to the concept. So that so many companies now now doing at the same time, not because you know people are trying to jump jump on this uh, boom of uh, you know virtual reality, but because the technology is becoming available for everyone in terms of to create the uh, viable virtual reality system. And it requires, requires a lot of you know, things like a very powerful computer, being it in you know, a PC or PlayStation 4. You know, you know, remember we tried to do it on PS3 in an early prototype, but PS3 was not you know, powerful enough to drive it. And uh, the you know the display is a huge part nowadays. You know 1080p you know through uh, HD you know beautiful panel very fast. You know we are using the 120 hertz 1080p through uh, HD RGB OLED panel uh, that never existed <laughs> before. That create really really beautiful picture with. Very, very little latency. The latency is a killer uh, to realize a great experience uh, with uh, VR. So, you know, we have measured, you know, our games and uh, at least, you know, we can say that, you know, the latency is less than 18 milliseconds. Millisecond, and lots of people, you know, researchers, you know, for a long time said that when, when the latency, latency means the, uh, since when you move your head and the picture changes you know how long it takes mm. uh when the latency is less than 20 milliseconds most of the people cannot tell 
uh, the difference between the real world and the uh, screen. Uh, so, you know, all these things have to do right, like a 3D audio processing. And uh, companies like us and uh, the talent that Oculus, you know, gather can create this with the existing or, you know, technology that's become available now and near the future. So that's why we are doing. And we are doing not for next year or year after. You know, this is a start. As far as I'm concerned, this is the start of another 20 years of great progress of uh, 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 gaming uh, history. Um, like uh, we are celebrating 20, 20th year anniversary of PlayStation. You know, when I was working on PlayStation 1, I was so excited that we are bringing the 3D real-time graphics technology to video game, you know, console game for the first time. And after 20 years, amazing games like, uh, you know, Last of Us, you know, Grand Theft Auto V, and these games are coming out now. So next year is going to be year one, like uh, the launch year of PlayStation 1, mm. uh, in terms of the use of virtual reality tech for, you know, video games. And uh, I can foresee, you know, another great 20 years of uh, progress uh, that I wish to be a part of, you know, as long as uh, I could. So that's a long statement to your <laughs> question. I'm used to it. Yeah. I've known you a few years. No, I, I, <laughs> we appreciate it. I, we, I know we're running late on time, but I, I hope you can just, uh, we could just ask you a couple more questions. One of okay, the questions, okay, sure. One of the questions I, I was curious about is what role, you know, because you're the man in charge of these studios, you're the man in charge of kind of this catalog. I've noticed an increasing role in second parties. Everyone thought that second parties were kind of falling apart, but when I think about PS4's games this year, Bloodborne is kind of a collaboration with a, like, with a second party, but it is a first party game. But then like Until Dawn is a second party exclusive. Uh, Helldivers is a second party exclusive. Um, uh, the Order 1886 is a second party exclusive. So how important is that to, to Sony Worldwide Studios in terms of kind of buffering out the catalog as we wait for the sucker punches and the Santa Monica's and the bends and all them. Um, well, so the uh, in many cases uh, we do not uh, differentiate internally between second party, first party games, or you know, first party, first party games. You know, all games are first party as long as we are concerned. <laughs> you know, like a sucker punch used to be an independent developer, right? So was Naughty Dog. You know, so was Media Molecule. You know, so for us, the acquisition of the developer is great so that they can really focus on making games, you know, don't worry about having contract, you know, next uh, project or something like that and uh, solidify our relationship. But it's just a different arrangement in terms of uh, how they work uh, for a product. It's not like uh, we are labeling Media Molecule uh, like, uh, you know, a, a PlayStation Studio UK. Mm, or, right, uh, mm. you know, something like that. You know, media molecule is media molecule. You know, Naughty Dog is Naughty Dog, right? So the uh, Quantity Dream or, you know, Supermassive or Housemark or, you know, these guys we work with from software, of course, is, is amazing, you know, talent that we are, we are very, very excited to work with. And uh, it just so happens that they are independent. Um, and... Uh, I don't know if I'm answering you. No, no, it, it, it makes sense. You guys, if you're publishing the game, you're treating them all as equals, which I, which makes sense yeah. to me. One specific question I have, and and I and it just came to me, but we we mentioned the Order eighteen eighty six, which is a game I don't think panned out maybe the way we had all hoped, but it did end in a cliffhanger. Do you are we going to see more, or is that is are you guys done with that with that kind of series? Because it was clearly <laughs> in, in my mind supposed to be a series. 
Um, and I'm curious, like, what your uh, well, thoughts yeah, are on that. Yeah, of course, I cannot tell uh, the our future plans, but uh, you know, certain things uh, came out as 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 well as we had hoped in terms of like uh, graphics or characters, you know, facial, and uh, it's just beautiful, moody game. And it's kind of, you know, fun to play through it. It's not a difficult game. It's a, a shorter game than other uh, games. So, you know, you can totally enjoy, you know, uh, till the end. And, uh, you know, of course, there are things, you know, wish wish uh, people uh, would uh, enjoy more in terms of uh, longevity, longevity and replayability of the title or whatnot. Uh, so, you know, that that's how uh, it ended. You know, I, I think one of you, uh, maybe Greg, you said the. Uh, I think you know that uh, comment was really smart. The uh, it was definitely older, me. <laughs> older eighteen sixty-six uh, or eighty eighty-six is the uh, heavenly sword of uh, PS4. Was it you? That sounds like something I said. Yeah, I black out when I podcast. And you could be, although although to be fair, I, to be fair to Ninja Theory, I think that that Heavenly Sword is a much better game than, than the Order. But I think sure, but they both have potential. This yeah. must have been me because yeah, they both have potential, <laughs> and you, we want to see more from that universe. Give them another crack at the bat. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just I was just curious because of the way it ended. The, I know we're running late. I know you got to go to a meeting. The last question we want to ask is concerning the exclusive lineup this fall, which we've talked a great deal about about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Bloodborne in the order early on. We had Until Dawn, which I think was a really fantastic game, surprisingly fantastic Thank you. game. It's a super hit. Yeah, I saw I saw you call that. And and Shu, if I may, because I know you take all your advice from me, of course. Uh, Supermassive should make that into a series and just do different horror. Like that's you got something on your hands with that game. I think like that that's very special. So um, I Thank was you. yeah. So I was really I was really shocked and, and pleasantly surprised about that. But this fall, other than the Nathan Drake collection, which we've been playing and enjoying. Uh, it seems like Microsoft has, they had Forza, they had Gears, uh, they're going to have Halo and Tomb Raider, which is a timed exclusive. You guys are relying more on third parties, which I think is is maybe shrewd. And in the last mm -hmm. podcast, I said, you guys might be playing a little bit of chess here with this. How important is it to kind of leverage these third party relationships, which you don't, you don't have a, a whole lot to do with, I guess, per se, but you guys have Battlefront, you guys have Call of Duty, these kind of de facto exclusives kind of like you did with with destiny where it seems like you're putting the marketing power behind it is that going to keep you guys afloat with the competition this fall until we get to uncharted until we get to 2016 and and horizon and the last guardian pat upon collection <laughs> yeah thank you for mentioning great games we are working on for next year <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah so answer your last question how this will be will fare in the ps4 versus you know xbox one during this christmas it's very interesting, isn't it? You know, so we, we have to wait until like you know January next year to look back how uh, it, the things you know turned out. Uh, but in terms of uh, getting third-party support, you know, it, it's great. And uh, uh, compared to working on new titles, you know, for us, you know, studio side, it takes you know three years, you know, four years these days from the beginning to the launch. Uh, uh, getting third party like uh, you know uh, uh, support deal uh, takes much shorter, you know mm -hmm. maybe less than a year or so. So the marketing department you know can look at you know how it's looking at from first party standpoint you know for what what season what time and uh, can they can figure out you know what they need to do in to, in terms of providing great contents and great exclusive ex exclusivity. Uh, things for the consumers 
when first party lineup is not you know as strong as they wish. So that that's how it works. You know, it's a, again you know organic process between the you know studios and uh, marketing and third party uh, relations you know group uh, because things change, right? Yeah. <laughs> and there's part partnerships uh, we are talking about. You know, they have to agree you know with us to uh, provide us some you know special things. So. Uh, these things, you know, work out, you know, over time, and uh, you know, we have in you know, a constant communication internally among different departments. Cool, great, yeah, we we appreciate you, Shu. Shu, thank you so much for coming by PSI. Well, thank you again for letting me on to the second, very second episode of PlayStation. The next uh, time we restart a PlayStation podcast, yeah. you'll be you'll be on episode <laughs> one. Yes. We're gonna see you. We're, so next for you, obviously, you have Paris Games Week, a whole bunch of stuff coming up. But we'll see you at PSX. You're coming, correct? Yes, absolutely. All right, cool. awesome. Yes. If you give us a panel, will you be on our panel? Ah, uh, yeah. Well, if there is one, you know, I'd be very, very. Happy I know we to. got. We, you know, it's it, it's not like we were the number one podcast without an episode. I understand why you play hard <laughs> to get with us. Maybe not give us a panel. Shu, we love you. You, you have a great day. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Shu. Be well. That was lovely. Shuhei Yoshida is such a nice young man. He is a nice young man. I like him. Really care a great deal about him. Hope he gives us his panel at PSX, and then he's on it. That'd be fantastic. And then we just walk around PSX with P with with Shuhei and scepters. I'd love that. You'd like that. <laughs> Shuhei in one hand, scepter in yeah, the other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's exactly how it is. Let's check in with the readers slash listeners slash viewers, Colin. Mm -hmm. None of them are readers. Mail call, mail call. They read the descriptions. It's funny. I guess I just I still call it reader mail, but it's not mail call. Uh, Colin, here's what you get to pick from. Yes. Kojima, playing over the holiday. Nate and Elena. There's a whole bunch of Uncharted 4 questions, so there's a whole bunch of Uncharted 4 stuff there. Trophies. Uh, well, that's where we'll go from. I want to do playing over the holiday and trophies. Those two All right, questions. cool. Sick of talking about Kojima. Uh, of course, ladies and gentlemen, if you have a question for us here at PS, I love you, XOXO, head over to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ. It'll take you right to our question page on the Kind of Funny forums. You post your question. Everybody's happy. Everybody has a great day. All right. Just have have a fun day. Fun Just have a fun. Please have a Just fun day. Please have a fun day. Cougar Corn wrote in and said, first off, let me just say that I am so glad you guys are starting this new podcast. I can't wait. Now that that's out of the way, what are you guys thinking of playing over the holiday? I'm pretty sure most of my time will be spent playing Fallout 4. Mm, I'll be done with Fallout by then, I assume. Mm. Um, now, wait, so is it over for when you hit platinum? Because that'll be everything, kind of yeah, right. You'll play, so. you'll touch on everything. There's no run me through because the Fallout Four trophies aren't up. No, I never platinum Fallout Three, so right. I'm rusty on that trophy list. What am I looking at? Do every quest. There was the one where it was like you had to go be good or go be bad. I hate that shit. Yeah, but you can you could like manipulate the shit out of that. Yeah, I know. The um yeah, so there were like these trophies. I think at level ten, level twenty, level thirty, something like that, or 10, five, ten, twenty. I don't think the level cap was thirty. Um where you had to be good or bad at that point. So you can like go in a Megaton as good, like make saves and then like just steal a bunch of shit and then you're bad. Gotcha. Um, so you can get those trophies that way. There was trophies for finding all the bobbleheads, which was a pain in the ass because a couple of them were missable. There was a gold trophy to beat all the super mutants, which was a pain in the ass because they're hard. Then there were like just random trophies associated with um, like quests and stuff like that. It wasn't that over the top, which is time consuming. Right. Um, See, my thing is when I play... But I don't know if this trophy list will be like that because Skyrim's was not like that. Mm, interesting. My problem with that, I remember back in the day when I was like, well, I'm not even going to worry about trophies with this other than what I get to what I get, is the fact that when I play these games, I make my character and then I am, I am in quotes, that character. You know what I mean? So I don't want to go back and either manipulate the save to do a whole bunch of shit for the stuff I don't want to do. I almost don't like knowing what the other thing is. I love talking. 
to somebody about it, right? You and I sit down. I'm like, well, what happened? Oh, you, Megaton, it blows up or whatever. You're going back and forth like that. But I don't want it to be so binary to me in the moment where I'm going flipping back and forth. You know, like a choose your own sure. adventure book where I'm like, well, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like I like making my choice, living with the consequences. My my worry, or not my worry, because it's fine if they do it this way. It'll make me play it again, which is it could the trophy list could be more like Infamous's, the three Infamous games where the uh the the trophy there's trophies attached to like making good and bad decisions at certain junctures and so you can't really manipulate the game mm-hmm. um and that forces you to play the game twice right um if you want all the trophies which is what we did with all the infamous games so uh because correct me if i'm wrong in fallout 3 when you started a new save or character you couldn't bring over all your progress right there's no it's, it was like new game plus i don't right? think so if i could that. do like a new game plus and do things differently i wouldn't have it as big a deal with i think I think it'll be. I think it'll be. I don't think it's gonna be that complicated. Fallout New Vegas's trophy list was a pain in the ass. But yeah. That's a, not a Bethesda game. So, um, or not a Bethesda Game Studios game. It is. I know but that's the published game. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to platinum it unless it's unless it's it's like over the top, and yeah. I don't think it's going to be over the top. I think it'll be just fine. I'm, but but anyway, to the point. I'm by holiday, I'll be done with Fallout. I, I can't imagine I'll still be playing Fallout Four by the time we you know we were talking about it today. Are we gonna take a little break? We probably will. Um, so I think it's just gonna be me cleaning up shit, you know, like, uh, will I be done with Tales of Hysteria? Like, my hope is that I'm done with Tales of Hysteria before Fallout even is in my hands, but I might have to go back to that. There's gonna be Vita shit. There's gonna be a lot of shit. Like, I want to just use that time to make sure I played. I haven't beaten Dying Light. I haven't beaten Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. I mean, if I could just use that time wisely, sure. Um, then I think I'll be in pretty good shape to clean some stuff up as long as I'm like diligent about doing it. Right. And, and uh, so that's my plan for the holiday. I mean, right now it's I I would say Fallout Four, but I don't know. The thing is, I just I don't know. Is Fallout Four is a game I want to sit down and marathon and just have giant play sessions with, right? And our schedules rarely allow that. You know what I mean? That's that's my hang up on it. It's November tenth or whatever, so I have like one really good weekend, two really good weekends before it's time. I'm gonna go home for Thanksgiving, and then we'll be back and like, yeah, we're gonna try to take time off of kind of funny, but not fuck up the content that kind of funny should be producing. So all of a sudden it's gonna be like we're doing double the work here. I don't know. If, if I'm chipping away three or four hours a night at it or something, I still feel like I, I'm going to need those giant days to sit there and just yeah, get lost yeah. in the w- new wasteland of Bill Ball. I'm not going anywhere for the rest of the year. Yeah. So, I thought you were talking about maybe going somewhere. You just said, yeah, okay. I just don't really. You're, you're, you're waffling. You're, you're, I'm, not, I'm not going anywhere. All right, we'll I see. might go to maybe to Seattle for a while to see Nate, but other than that. I like Nate. He's okay. I just okay. saw him, so I don't know if I need to see him again. That's a good point. He does suck. Uh, again, go to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ to get your question read. Just like 50 Second Games did, he or she says, hey guys. Hello. My question is, what are some trophies you have had to give up on? For me, it was hardcore Rosette fan. Uh, as much as I wanted that Persona 4 trophy, this one in particular held me back. Uh, for you, I don't know if you look through or if you know. I know, I know that. I know that. You have trope. to get her to say like whatever crazy. I think it's a hundred lines of dialogue, which means you got to mix up your party and you sit there and you play in different difficulties and you cry. You cry really big tears at the end of it. Trophies you had to give up on, Colin. And he I'm, had a PS. I'm, I'm on my computer because I'm just looking up my trophies. Fifty second game says, "P.S. I don't love you. That's too much of a commitment, but you're pretty cool." We'll take that. We'll take that. Hey, the whatever, one that man. jumps to mind for me was Dead Space 2. I love Dead Space 2. I was having such a good time. I had it early for review. I was playing through, playing through. And if memory serves, I'm only short one trophy. Uh, and it's the one of playing it on that difficulty where you can only save three times or two times or whatever. Oh, right. And right. I sat down to do it once because this is like when IGN used to take two, week, two weeks off for the holidays. I sat down and played at my desk one day when it was Hillary and I just there on the skeleton crew. And I played for like four or five hours and then got killed by something dumb and had to jump back to the beginning of the game. And I was like, fuck, fuck it. No, I can't do I can't 
justify this amount of time sink into this sitting here and doing this again the trophy that i gave all right so i remember this now and now i know what i'm talking about yeah terminator salvation um i played it i fucking hate that game i (laughs) i couldn't play it on hard because like you you could play it with someone else annoying yeah and i just was playing it by myself i remember correctly um, and I was like, fuck this. And it's like the one trophy I'm missing for the platinum because everyone else has like the platinum so common on PSN profile. Sixty one point five percent of the people Damn. play. The I app. think if you put that game in there, you're only in it for the trophies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nobody's playing Terminator Salvation for fun. So that was one I gave up. on. I mean, there, it, it, I encounter every so often. Uh, I studied the trophy so carefully before I even start playing that I basically rarely come to conclusions during the play that I'm not going to. Yeah. Bother. The Witcher 3 was a good example of why like I started on the very hardest difficulty and I was like F- Death March. Whatever. I was like, fuck this yeah. shit. And then I put it on hard and I was like, this is still not fun. And so I just put it on medium. I very rarely play games on medium or normal difficulty. Sure. And uh, I was just like, I can't I, I can't I want to have fun with this game. So I can't fuck around with this. An- um, another yeah. one for me was uh, remember we I had South Park Stick of Truth super early too. And uh, it, it was oh those, you missed shit in it though it, yeah it was I missed that one uh, what do they call them they're Pokemon I forget what they are oh yeah the, the little stuff down I want to say Chinchibos but that's yeah, not I don't, it, remember, I don't remember. Maybe I remember but there was one on the spaceship you can't get back to and like I got, had them all except that one I like tore it apart looking through the town and then I was like wait I think it was there and I had to look back and I'm like I really don't want to play this game a second time no no you know what I mean not, like I love the game like, but it's just like I don't want to immediately jump back in there was other things to play and do I was very judicious with my trophies in that game yeah I got the platinum in that game and it was it was a pain in the ass there were missable trophies in that game yeah. you ought to be there were some bullshit trophies in that game. Be on your game yeah yeah Colin next question you can have Valkyria Chronicles falling in love with PlayStation Persona 4 or PS4 controller let's do PS4 controller oh you nailed the double this is a daily double you fucking nailed it, son. Dun, dun, dun. I don't know the noise. I hear it in my head, but I can't really replicate it. Doodly, doodly. <laughs> Trebek dances. Uh, Are you going to get the daily double noise? We'll wait. P.S. I love you. XOXO every Tuesday here. 9 a.m. Podcast services. YouTube.com slash kind of funny games. Go there. Subscribe. Go subscribe to us on iTunes. Rate us there. It's the daily double. <laughs> Jawa Josh gets the first part of the daily double. He says, do you think Sony will ever release a PS4 controller similar to the $150 Elite one Microsoft just released? Thanks. Kinda. Funny. No. But I will say that that Xbox Elite controller is fucking boss. Yeah, it's dope. That's a really awesome controller, man. Yeah, really nice. Really, really good controller. Yeah. That said, I don't, I don't think that... Things are changing now, but I just feel like... The PS4 controller, like the PS3 controller, is what it is. It's yeah. better than the PS3 controller, obviously. Um, like I said, I have some fucking serious Stockholm syndrome going on where I'm playing Uncharted and I have it mapped to the R1 and L1. You, yeah, buttons. you went back. But then I went back to the triggers. I was like, I just can't. I gotta. I can't play like this. I'm not gonna be able to play fucking. You gotta move like forward. This. You gotta move forward. Um, I just don't feel like people play competitively on these controllers. I feel like there's. It's getting more that way with Call of Duty now and, and sure. whatever. But I just feel like. This controller is useful for people that really are in in it. And I just feel like that the Xbox community, and I could be wrong, just has more of those kinds of people. Plus, that controller, I assume, works with the PC. So I I don't so I just I don't see them doing that. I don't know that there's a lot of money in it either. I think that there's all good it's good fan service. There's a lot of money for a controller. That's that's half the cost of the console almost you know yeah. so it, you no know. it's a great point I, uh, that's where i come down to it too and t- if they put out the elite controller and it sells like bonkers and everybody's talking about it then yeah they'd be motivated to look into it but otherwise no like I, the controller's fine the sony you know playstation 4's dual shock is great you know what i mean like just leave it yeah, it's, it's, it's an upgrade obviously and what it was you know with the three yeah i agree and uh i also feel like it would look like a me too move exactly that's another big part of it unless they already had plans to do it in just put out more had. colors yeah, colors are good. I love those colors. But I want to reiterate that Xbox controller is fucking awesome. Totally love it. Really cool. Yeah. 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 Uh, the second part comes from Tom Masterman. He says, 
Hey guys, Dual Shock 4 Thumbsticks. How are yours holding up almost two years later? Mine are slowly deteriorating, but have recently, but and have recently had to replace my original with the 20th anniversary controller, a purchase I was more than happy to make. Have yours worn away yet? And what are your thoughts on the reports that this seems to be a widespread problem? Thanks. Congratulations on the new podcast, Tom. I got to be honest, like I've had a little bit of erosion, like a little bit on one of my sticks yeah. on, but like I don't. I see people with pictures of people's controllers. And I'm like, how are you playing? Like, I'm not trying to blame it on a consumer. Clearly, there's something common that is with these controllers. Maybe our controllers. Sony's are just already fine. made a statement about it. They did. There is a whole send back program oh, yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying. Well, like, it made it sound do, like do Tom people, didn't people, know about. Do that. people have sandpaper on their fingers when they're playing? Like, I don't understand. I don't understand how the stick is getting like that. I know. I, just, I really think I want to. In other words, I want to watch the way people play. Like, sure. Am I playing in a more dainty sort of fashion or something like that? Because I don't really yeah. get it. You know, like I don't get it. You, you like everyone holds the controller the same way. You think so? Yeah. I think it's that more. I don't. I mean, like I have one out there that's just start, has like a little a little nipple right there on the on the lower. I love rim. little nipples. Little nipple. Love them little nipples fitting <laughs> in my mouth. Don't tell your mom. Uh, or down here, it's a little nipple there, right? And it. So it's not like the whole pictures of this, like the whole outer rim yeah, falling like, off. What the fuck? But it is breaking down a bit. I think it's sure. Just, yeah. It, no, it, 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 I'm not saying that they're not breaking down. I, like I said, mine is suffering from sure. some erosion too. I've really only used two controllers the entire time I have my PS4. So. Yeah. It's like I use them a lot, but I, yeah, like even a few, I remember a few months, it was like in early 2014 when people started, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing to this thing that it could possibly be? So I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's the controller is not very well made in that respect. The sticks aren't, yeah. but I also feel like it's, I, I'm curious what the common theme is between these particular people that have these like fucked up controllers in terms of the way they play. Sure. Because I think that's one of the things I think that has something to do with it. I hold my sticks like this. You're right on top of them. Yeah. You know, so yeah. like, and my finger slides up like this, and I always do this thing where I then use my right finger to recalibrate and go back to the bottom, and then it slowly slides up, and then ten minutes later I go like this, and then I, so like I interesting, and I that's that's the way I, I think play. I hold low, but I don't think I'm I'm not ripping off the bottom ledge. I think the common theme is that people that do this are holding it with their thumb print on the bottom, and I I'm not saying it's not meant to be held that way because you have to hold it the way it's most comfortable. There are people that hold controllers like this and shit like that, yeah, um, or use you know like um you know Southpaw basically. But I think it's like maybe we rest our fingers differently and so it's a little more kind to the sticks mm -hmm. because I just I'm so confounded by the problem. Like I play more PS4 than probably most people in this world based on our jobs. And I'm like, my controller's not all screwed up. Yeah. Doesn't look like a dog got to it or something yeah, like that. You yeah. know, so I don't there's something to it. I hear. But I'm glad Sony Sony knows that they should replace them for free. Colin. Yes. Your next round to pick from Siphon Filter working for PlayStation. Why I should get a PS4. Ninu Kuni 2 Horizon. Horizon. And let's also do working for PlayStation. You got it. <sighs> Adam Skamon says, hey, guys, Skamon, am I the only one a bit cautious about all the hype surrounding Horizon? Don't get me wrong. The gameplay looks great, and it was probably one of the more visually appeasing games at E3 this year. My only concern, though, is how vastly different a game, how is vastly different a game this is to kill zone. Guerrilla Games has a very specific track record and the development of an open world fantasy RPG like Horizon is probably like the the opening of a new very unfamiliar book. Are you also worried that we are going to get an order 1886 situation on our hands? A game with great ideas that was never fully realized. Guerrilla is great. He says are great. Companies are singular. Guerrilla Games is great. And I'm sure they're working their asses off to figure it out, but I can't but remain a bit skeptical. What are your guys' thoughts? P.S. I love you, XOXO. 
He has every right to be skeptical. Yeah, yeah. I'm skeptical. I think I don't. We sat there at E3. We watched. I, you went behind closed doors. I saw what we saw at the con. and was like, this game looks awesome. I can't wait to play it. Still a ton of time and a lot more to see. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So everything he's saying about them switching gears and now it's this, you know, it's not Killzone basically. You know, it's this open world RPG. All these different things are happening. All really great points. And I do have a concern about it but right now i'm letting myself be excited about it and not you know caught up in it grill is a super talented studio and i hope for the best yeah i'm optimistic about it and i'll tell you why because a the game looks fucking awesome i did see it behind closed doors i saw more than what people saw and a game is super dynamic yeah now whether or not it all pans out the way they intend i don't know we have to remember this game's been in development for a very long time so it's not like they just started it last year or something this game is well on its way i would say they have to be close to being future complete at this point right and and close to being content complete actually if the game's gonna come out in 2016 like the game's got to be pretty done in terms of like the raw nuts and bolts of it and then you have to polish and fix and qa and all that I'm, the game's supposed to come out in a year so yeah. um i'm optimistic about it and i'm gonna tell you why lay it on me Colin. when a studio with talented people does the same thing over and over again they're probably desperate to not do it anymore and i think we're selling gorilla short by assuming even though it's an fair assumption that they can only work in the shooter space, in the first person space. Now they're in the third person space. It's still kind of a shooter, but it's 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 an open world role playing game. Um, so I understand the skepticism, but I think they're probably excited. And I also am sure that they hired people that can do this work sure. if they didn't already have them, including the long ago rumor that they hired the writer of New Vegas. So it's like they hired a role playing game writer. It's not like they t- took their writers or their writer. At that You've been great at writing this twelve to twenty hour Killzone campaign. Right. Now go do this. Exactly. So I think that they're gonna they're gonna figure it out and calibrate. I'm optimistic. I think Horizon's gonna be great. And I hope it is. Man. Um, that game looks great. I think this is the the flexing of muscles, the the spreading of wings that that Gorilla needs. Like I think that they've made one other game that's not Killzone. It's a Vietnam shooter, but they have since 2005 made so for 10 years have only made this one game and it's not a game that's like people are that crazy about so it's like sure so they do well they sell a few million copies that killzone has a hardcore fan base and i like killzone but you know especially with Shadowfall and and even though they didn't work on uh mercenary i like that game too but they it's time for them to do something else and i i take the different tack that he does where he's a little pessimistic because they might not know what they're doing i'm optimistic because they don't know what they're doing sure and so it's going to give you a fresh experience and a new experience. I'm excited about the female protagonist. Sure. I'm excited about the the aesthetic. I'm excited about the story. And from what I saw, the game's fucking cool. It's well on its way. Yes. Because, yeah, the concerns are always when you do something new or when you have... It, there's, it is the order situation of well, there's some great ideas here, but they didn't execute on all of them. That's the concern, right? Yeah. It, uh, yeah, absolutely. And I think that this game's a prime candidate to not come out in 2016. But I think that it does. And I think it's going to be a fall game probably around this time. In next year and I think that we're hopefully pleasantly surprised and no disrespect to Ready at Dawn because they are a talented studio too they bit off too much more than they can chew uh, and they seem to have identified the engine as their priority and not the game sure. so they came out with a great engine and a beautiful world and great physics and realistic shit and a five hour game and I don't think that that's what Gorilla is doing here I think with Gorilla you're going to get a game that's much longer much bigger much di- more diverse I don't think you I understand the caution with the order because the order was was not good but that's ready at dawn and, and that's their mistake you know I don't think that a first party studio is going to make a similar blunder I mean think about it this way and it's going to be hard I, I think the games exist I would really have to think about it though what's the last first party first party game that got a Metacritic of a five or a six? Oh. 
I mean, I jumped to Lair because I reviewed it. But that's not a first-party game. Oh, good point. Good point. Sorry, sorry, sorry. These are published by Sony, but I'm you're saying... Right. Like, you know, I totally understand what you're saying from the first-party internal studios. Yes, 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 you're right. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, it, yeah. they exist, I'm sure. But like, the, but the point is, is that they're few and far between. And so there's no reason to expect that Gorilla is not going to deliver anything but a good game. Yeah. Because that's their track record. They make good games. Killzone 1 doesn't hold up anymore. Killzone 2 and 3 are fine. I'm not a huge fan of them. People love the multiplayer. I think Shadowfall is a great game. Two is great. Um, so it just, I don't think Sony's going to let these guys deviate down a road where, and I don't think they are deviating down a road considering this game's been in development for years where, you know, they um, get so lost in the weeds to make a piece of garbage. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, I'm, I guess my concern isn't that of, of it being bad. It's of it not being great. I don't want it to be somewhere middling six five sevens where it's like, oh, there's some cool things, but I didn't want to stay in the world for 30 hours. You know what I mean? Like, I want to be in there forever. I right. want, and I want to want to stay there, if that makes sense. Yeah, we don't want a layer or a haze or something like that. I get oh, it. Haze. But, like, these are not first-party games, and I just yeah. think that that's a great Shuei, point, no? Shuei's smart, and the, the guys that run these studios are smart, and they know what they're doing. And I, I So where he takes pessimism, I actually take a lot of optimism, but maybe that's just my outlook, and I hope that I'm right and he's wrong. Uh, but you know, time will tell the tale. We will go hands on with Horizon. I'm sure multiple times next year. We'll find out. I hope just once. I don't want to see too much. We'll see. We'll probably. Man, I I feel like it might even be a PSX. So. Oh wow, that'd be awesome. That'd be fucking. Awesome. It's time to start showing people. Yeah. If it's really coming out in 2016, I think P, I think it would even be. I'd even be as bold to say PSX is a date. Like they release a date. Wow. And it's today. And it was five days ago. <laughs> the, all the boxes of Madden 2011 on the shelf actually have Horizon. <laughs> we resealed what? it. Uh, Raptors are the shit went over to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ and asked his question for PS I love you XOXO and said would you work for PlayStation if they hire you to write a game for them for any franchise or IPs they own which one the first episode was spectacular cannot wait to say the prayer with fellow kind of funny fans in a big room one day Raptors are the shit I would absolutely write a game for PlayStation um, and Resistance would be that game so um, but uh, I respect what Insomniac did with Resistance. I don't really think it has to be rewritten. Yeah. Um, but that would be if I would be able to reboot it, I would probably do that. Now, if I were to go into the bowels of their fucking IP, Colony Wars would be interesting. I mean, there's like a lot of like weird games yeah, that they, they own where I'm like, well. Mine's easy. I jump on Infamous. Infamous. Yeah. Yeah. I would totally go work for. I mean, in the, for the. Would it be a Cole for, story? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, hold on. One second. For the record, we're being hypothetical. Oh, of course. If Sony came right now and was like, do you want to go write. Resistance. Would you quit kind of funny and go write Resistance? No, but I would write it. I'd figure it out. Yeah, we'd figure it out or whatever. Most right, writers don't sure. work full time at their studio. Just making sure. I want to make sure we're being quite clear for the. Oh question no, no, I understand here, that. Right. But if if they were like you want, if any studio was like, do you want to write this? That like when I I'm dead serious about writing Mega Man. Yeah, I'm dead fucking serious about it. Just that making sure mean, we're being clear that we're not quitting our job. No, no, no. But I would figure that out as a. I'd freelance love to be capacity. story consultant, yeah, or whatever writer on a new infamous game. Sure. And so would it be a Cole story? It doesn't have to be. If they were to give me the keys of the kingdom, and be like, you can do whatever you want in the infamous world. Then yeah, I'd I'd tell you a Cole story or whatever if it was that you can go do this but you have to tell you can you have to tell a different story a different person's take i'd be like oh, awesome but i would totally do what they didn't do in second son right and be pulling from that rich coal lore you know what i mean of somebody from empire city somebody who got out in the wake and the beast and all you know what i mean like has a reason to do this it isn't just a graffiti kid up in the pacific northwest yeah i mean i i agree in the sense that coal would be the bad guy in yeah. My story. yeah yeah exactly, exactly ultimately you might not know that until most of the way through the game but that would that was the biggest disappointment about second son is just no fucking connection yeah. to, to, to what happened in empire city or numeray and that was especially numeray and that was that was so fucking 
dis- that was just disappointing. I don't know what they were thinking with that. And I think that they made a really solid. Fu- it's, Infamous Second Son is one of the funnest games on PS4. There's no yeah. doubt about that. But I want more than fun out of Infamous. I want a story that I care about. I just did not care about Delson and yeah. these motherfuckers. You know? DUP? Yeah. I just didn't care. Right. It's just not that interesting. You know? I hear No, I hear you. And I, when no, Cole, no. I'm telling you, Greg, that was one of the most earth shattering moments in my fucking gaming life. When I got all the way to the end of that game and I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. I was yeah. waiting over and over again. I'm like, just Even, bring it in. I was you know, ready like, for Zeke to be part of it. And it wasn't until like, it, it was what, DLC or whatever. It wasn't DLC, but it was like it was day like, one stuff or yeah. something, remember? And like, yeah, it's just him on the radio. You're like, oh. Like, I thought he'd be there doing something. Yeah, you know I was just, I was shocked. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. You would have to identify the bad ending in Infamous 2 as the real ending, and that's fine. But I was, which is totally fine with me, but I was like, I can't believe he's not in this game. Like, yeah. I, I thought you were going to kick me in the ass. Or do like some sort of um, hang, cliffhanger where he's back. Like you see his silhouette or something, and he's right, and, right. And walking and the down the street. Crackles. Yeah, yeah. And I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. you know, we're not, we don't know what Sucker Punch is working on. We know that they quickly turned around and are already making something new. Since Shuhei told us at E3, which was only a few months after Second Son. No, I guess it was a year and a few months after Second Son came out that they already have something playable for him. Funny um, you go down that yeah. road. Newtman, one, three, four says, hey, Colin and Greg, I'm a huge fan of the infamous series as I bo- as I know both of you are. Do you believe that Sucker Punch will make or is currently working on the next infamous game? Or do you think that another studio may work on the IP, say a spinoff or some of some sort? Or do you think the series is going to lay dormant for a while? I would love to know your thoughts. So yeah, as you're saying at E3, Shuhei told us on our stream or whatever that he's already played Sucker Punch's next game, wherever it is and whatever. And it's just, I'm sure, a vertical slice or or an alpha. It's probably super alpha. Proof proof of concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, Uh, I I think that Sucker Punch is working on something. I don't think it's infamous. And I I don't, I'm not totally convinced they even wanted to make infamous on PS4. So um you know, they do three games and move on. That's what they did with Sly. That's what they're going to do with Infamous, I think. I, but that said, I, th- I do think Infamous can and will live on with someone else. Whether or not it does remains to be seen. But there are studios that can take very good care of that 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 IP. Um, but I, I, if I were them, I would let it lay l- low for a little while. I would say so, too. Yeah, and come back. But then when you bring it back, do you think they reboot it? Or are they just telling a story with conduits and everything story. else? I don't know that you have to reboot it. Yeah. Again, there's nothing. It's the same thing I was saying with Resistance. There's nothing really wrong with those games. So it's like... You can tell a new story or a different sure. story. Yeah, sure. I just don't, you know, DUP folks doing all their stuff over there. You know what I'm saying? Concrete powers that you get five minutes before the game is over. Hey, here's this really Spoiler. cool power. Enjoy this. Like, <laughs> what? Can I? It's like what? I get one battle with this, and then I just go around fucking picking up dead drops or whatever with them. Like, eh, whatever. I already did all that shit. Thank you. This is great. Uh, now, Colin, mm. you can have a question about Resogun, your main console, or getting older. Resogun. I got my Resogun shirt on, so. Bojans underscore 91 went to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ and said, is Resogun still the best game on the PlayStation 4 in Colin's opinion? Thanks. Pound for pound, it probably is. Yeah. Wow. I, I think that it's hard because I'm talking about exclusives, but then it's not exclusive to PS4 anymore because it's on PS3 and Vita. Are you talking about exclusives? Well, I was ori- if- I was originally because everyone's like, well, why wouldn't The Last of Us be the best game? And I'm like, because it's a PS3 game. It's the- so I don't know. I-, I have to think about it more. I mean, Resogun is certainly one of the very best games. Mm-hmm. on And, the, and the- gameplay-wise, I don't think it has been beat yet. The thing about Resogun is the fact that it's the... When you're like, is it the best game on PlayStation 4? I don't. I think there's games I enjoy more that do things better. It's one of the easiest 
it's easily the best game to recommend on the PlayStation 4. I know nothing about you person on the other side of the screen except you're interested in PlayStation. You want to play something awesome. Resogun is awesome and the investment's so low that if you didn't think it's awesome, you don't feel ripped off. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just it's one of those games that nails a cycle. It's the arcade cycle. It's it's a, it's a lost art uh today. The high score chase, like the the just that visceral like I want to play to play. I want to play to beat my friends. I want to play to like get a high score. You beat the game in a half an hour and then you just do it again. Yeah. Um it's a special game. Housemark's a very, very good studio. You want to talk about first parties that I can't believe aren't first parties? It's Housemark. Mm-hmm. You'd be fucking kidding. They me. have to have been offered, and they have to have said no, right? Presumably, because I think it, I think it, it, it between there's a few studios where I I think or know in my heart that they Sony tried to buy them. Insomniac is an obvious one. Quantic Dreams probably another one. And you have to assume Housemark is one of those studios too, because it's like why not? Yeah, yeah. they are. If they bought Housemark, that would quickly catapult them to like one of the best studios in Sony's in Sony's uh, portfolio. And they, and I can't fucking wait for Alienation. By the way, <laughs> I, I'm, I played it at E3 um, with the guys and uh, including this, the head of the studio. And uh, it's fucking cool. Good. And it's hard. And I can't wait to play it. So yeah, I mean, if it's not, I mean, it's hard. There's so the catalog's so big now, but it's one of the best. Let's just call it that. It's definitely one of the best games on PS4. Okay. Yeah. I'll lie to say that. I'll lie to say that. And then, where do you want to end, Colin? You don't want to do Kojima? No, I'm sick of talking about Kojima. You got a ton of Uncharted Four questions. Let's do Uncharted Four. You want to? You got a, you got a three for it. You got a triple here. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Everybody, go. Kindoffunny.com. It's a good place to end. Slash. P.S. Q. The Q is for questions because you're listening to P.S. I love you. XOXO. PlayStation Four. Uh, Jonas Madroy says. How do you think it will end with Nate Drake and Elena? She didn't seem that happy that he stepped out of the Treasure Hunter retirement in the E3 gameplay trailer. For me, I'm happy just as long as Sully lives. I feel like we're on the same cycle as we always are with this game. They're going to start the game. We'll be Drake for a while. We've already seen the reveal. Elena is mad at him. They'll bicker about that for a second, but he'll explain that it's Sam and he has to do this. And this is my brother. And I thought he was dead. And then we have to go out and do all this stuff. And she'll be like, oh, I'm part of this too now because we're, you know, this we're family and I love you. They'll go on the adventure. And in the end, whatever happens, happens. And it will end with him and her and probably a baby in her arms looking out over something. You're really hung up on that relationship. I am. You're right. Because it's, it, I, it has, it's a relationship that is true love and has been fucked with a lot. I just want it to be steady and out of here. Yeah, sure. Show enough. me, prove to me, naughty dog, that a happy marriage can exist. Sully's Because I die. ain't seeing it. Sully's going to die. He's not going to die. Yes, he is. They fucked it up, man. They fucked it up the first time. I don't think they can. Well, they tried to kill him twice. They almost killed him in Drake's fortune when he got shot in yeah. the chest. And then, well, three twice, I guess, because at the beginning of three, it looks like him and Drake are both dead. And then, yeah, and then I really thought he was dead. And that's in, the reason. In, I don't think they can do it again. I don't think they can toy with your emotions that way because it won't have the impact. So many people I talked to, myself included, that I mean, like, I, when he got shot, I was like, I was devastated. I can't believe this is real. Yeah. But like, when he gets shot in, in three and stuff, you're like, well, uh, and like you were, you felt emotions for it. So to do it again, like that close, I think everyone's knee jerk reaction be like, not real. It's not gonna do it. Which and is why he, I think you should do it. And then, he, but then he's going to be dead, and they're like, oh, why didn't you do this last time? Well, you need Sully. I think someone's gotta die. Someone's going to die. Cutter and Chloe. Chloe could die. Cutter could die. But it does. It, it One of the three will die. Nathan, Elena, or Sully. One of them will die. One of, it could be Drake. It could be Drake. But that's just a weird thing. It, it could be Elena, which would be the ballsiest of the, all of the moves. I would actually really love that. If you do that, then it just ends on such a sour note. And that's not Uncharted. 
Her being dead means that Nate is back in a bar drinking and being a thief again. Then you leave. Then it leaves you with Sully. One of them has to die. I'm telling you, one of them has to die. Okay. Mm-hmm. When we get closer, we'll identify and make a bet. But in the meantime, I don't. I mean, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I'm not saying I don't think it's preposterous. I just feel like I feel like that would get presented, and it's just be like, well, we fucked around with that last time. Can we do that again? And that's why they I did fuck around with it last time, but. It's real. This that's what I'm saying. Like he really is dead. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I hear you. Um, but I just think they. I think they blew their emotional load on that front. I, I think now people are not. Uh, they already have seen that. They've already felt that emotion of Sully falling. I will agree with you that when I played Drake's Deception, that when he was shot, I was disappointed that he was still alive. When he when I was, I was relieved, but I was like, you you should have just done it. Yeah. You know, like do it. Like just do it. Yeah. Just do it. And I I still feel like uh, I asked Amy Hennig. Um, about it when she was still at Naughty Dog and uh, she said to me that I, I asked her I'm like were you, was your intention to kill him and then something in in focus groups or someone at yeah, Sony yeah, yeah. or someone was like you can't kill him and she's like no that was not my intention like like we weren't going to kill him like it was supposed to be a trick and I was like I believe her but I'm still like nah. I kind of feel like maybe you're playing around with something here that didn't come off the way you wanted it to as well because it's hard. Sully's like Sully's kind of the most beloved character in the series. And the problem, and I think I talked about this in the review or just in the thousands of hours we've talked about Uncharted Three since then, right? Is that that his undeath, him getting shot and then not dying, for me cements what an Uncharted game is. You know what I mean? That it is this pulp adventure that's always going to end happily. And so there's been all that talk of like, well, now it's Neil and Bruce's game, and maybe they do something different. Da da da. And there's sure that there's that to it, but it's like. This is the end. This is the, you know what I mean? This is the final quarter of what you've been making here. And so to end it and all of a sudden be that different, to be twinged that darkly, I just don't think it is. I think it ends happily with them all happy and fucking happy-go-lucky with all the money they've ever wanted and the love they've ever wanted. We'll find out. We will find out. In March? March. March, March yeah. yeah. I think so. No, it's March. Whenever. Sure. Ah, whenever the hell it comes out. I still don't believe it's coming out in March. Okay. We'll see about that. Uh, your next... Uncharted 4 question comes from Howway the Lads. Howway the Lads. Howway the Lads. Howway the Lads, I think it was going to say. Even a stroke? No, just, there's different, you know how when you make up a fucking word like Howway, right, right, there's right, different right. ways to say sure, it. So sure, enough, sure enough. Howway the Lads. What do you think the Uncharted 4 DLC will be? I hope it's a high style game with Sully and Cutter. P.S. I love you. Yeah, I'd like to play as someone else. I think that would be the, the thing that would be fun, similar to The Last of Us. Uh, We're talking, of course, there's story DLC confirmed. Mm-hmm. There is a story DLC for the It would be fun ever. to play as young Sully from Uncharted Ooh, 3. Ooh, that would be cool. That'd be really cool to do something like that. That's and something cool. with, like, teenage Drake. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, 18-year-old Drake and Sully. I feel like you, that's the thing. You're, it'll be more likely than not that you go backwards, right? Because I feel like their ending has to end definitively one way or the other. Yeah, right? so there's some holes to fill in. Yeah. Like, well, there's it, way more to be told about their relationship before we meet them in Drake's Fortune. I, the big thing is, like, and this is, I, by the way, sorry if you are, we're waiting for the Uncharted collection, we're just spoiling stuff, but you should have known better when we started into the Uncharted stuff. Like, I still want to know what's Nate's real name and stuff, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'd yeah, love Marlo to Yeah, Marlo says that to yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not I, think that will be, I think that will be answered in the fourth, in fourth one. Yeah. yeah, well, when you meet his brother, probably, right? Presumably, yeah. Is he going to be Sam Drake or whatever? Like, wait, yeah, we'll see. We'll find out. We'll find out. Uh, and the final question, actually that uh, comes up there to big old Sam says, and this is from kill on 56 in which chapter of uncharted four do you think Drake's brother will betray him? And do you think it's possible he will be a wizard in the third act <laughs> in all seriousness? I'm hoping they continue to break their own tropes, but with Amy gone, I wonder if they'll fall back into old formulas thoughts. 
this is the very, very, very interesting thing, right? In the way that before Amy left and Justin left and everything changed or whatever, Todd Stashwick is the brother. He's confirmed that after the fact. But he puts out that trailer, right, where he's talking about, like, you left me in a hole to die, and I did, and then he confirms he's the brother, and now the brother's out there, and it's Troy, but it's all like, ah, we're working together on this heist. No, it's like, so yeah, when is the, is the, is the shoe still going to drop? Or when Neil and Bruce came in and were like, it's our game now, we're going to do this. Did they like remove that? And now Sam is just like a shitty brother that you got to help out of a jam, but he isn't going to fuck you over and carrying a grudge. There's got to be a deception or a, a betrayal. Yeah. Yeah. Like definitely. I, my hope is that, is that, <laughs> what's his name? Um, Eddie. No, the Lazar guy with the cards. Oh, Talbot. Talbot comes back and we just find out where the hell, like, what the hell is going on with him. That's all I want to know. Tell whatever story you want. Just explain what the fuck was going on Talbot in Uncharted 3. Someone's got to explain it to me because I don't understand. You pass, like, a magician poster and it's him. You're like, wait a second. That explains all the Because that thing when you're running after him and he disappears, I'm like, come on. I, I liked it at the time. I'm like, this is great. And then they just never explained how he has these mystical fucking powers. Yeah, yeah. And Marlo's not 400 years old like you thought she was. I, know, I got fucked on that one. I got fucked on that one real bad. I like the theory, though. Uh, on this one, the brother, I imagine the betrayal comes in chapter five, we'll say. Chapter one, of course, is Drake. He's he's on, he's on doing some Drakey thing or whatever, and then the brother shows up at the end. Chapter two is them reunited, and then they, he's got to help him. Chapter three is when we get to what we've seen at that E3 demo. They're running down the hill in the Jeep or whatever. They run it. They find Elena. Chapter four is... Elena on the mission with them and Sully and everybody on the next thing. And then at that point, yeah, at that break there between four and five, the betrayal happens. And how many chapters are there? It'll be normal Uncharted. So what, 12? Are there more than that? Is there like 18 or something like that? Is there? I don't know. I remember. Maybe I'm thinking of hours. I'm thinking of how many hours sure. it takes me to play. We'll see. Yeah. It'll be in the first act. Yeah, for sure. It'll probably be the one moving in act two. Indeed. All right. Oh, Colin. Episode two is almost in the books. It is, and it's way longer it. than episode one. Yeah, well, that's what we do. <laughs> we lie to you every week when we say one thing and we do the other. It's all a lie. Uh, we have a new segment. I don't know if you know about this. It's called This Week's Forgotten PlayStation Game. You did it last week. Yep. I've already forgotten what your forgotten game was. Dockero. Oh, that was a good one. On PS Vita. Mine is, and I think you and I haven't forgotten it because I beat the drum so loudly for it, but to bring it up now, The Last Guy. The Last Guy, an old PS3 game. PlayStation 3 game, nine ninety nine still, which is preposterous that it's still 99 but it's worth it. I reviewed it back in the day at IGN, and it, I remember it was like one of the first PlayStation Three downloadable games we were all super like weirdly excited for because it was it's stupid and it's quirky and it's weird. It's like fifteen real world cities that are taking like Google Map views of them, but not real Google Map because I'm sure Google Map wouldn't give it to them. And then you are a there's monsters all over the place. You are a zombie in a Superman suit with a red cape, and you walk through the town and you pass people, and they get behind you in line, and you lead them to safety. And like monsters will come, they'll scream and run. You have to capture, get them back, or monsters will eat them or whatever, and do all these different things. And you got to get different tracks around to do it, and all this different stuff. Came out in 2008. Yeah, I remember August 2008. Would have been a good one on Vita. Would have been a great, so could be a great one on Vita. I'm just saying, putting it out there if somebody wants yeah, to. Yeah, I'm sure it. they'll go back into the bowels of get fucking around. PSN to but get it that was, one out. It there. was fun and it's stupid and it's quirky and it's it's challenging at parts, but it wasn't frustrating and it was like it was just a good time waster, really good soundtrack to it, like a really dumb and just following people and then like the screams and I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember you lo you loved that game. I fucking loved that game. And that then they patched it for trophies later on and I never went back. Really? Just couldn't do it. Hmm. I, I I find it so hard to motivate myself for old games. Even games I love. I'm weird. You are weird. That's I'm true. Weird. For There's other been reasons. DLC for it too. So lots of reasons to go jump it's in cool. the last So the guy. last guy. PS3. 
No, that's my pick. Cool. Uh, and then in time for another new segment. Now, this is loosely based on an old segment we used to do. This new segment is called PSN's Worst Name of the Week. <laughs> <laughs> You're not even trying. Uh, no, it, well, how else can I say I that? don't know. <laughs> this is uh, last last week. Episode one goes up. People love Roper's report. They are so excited. I scream Baker's dozen. They love the content. But the one thing they kept saying is, are there no more bad PSN names on the PlayStation? And I said, there are lots of bad PSN names on the PlayStation. Sure. So to tell your story, you can go, of course, to kindoffunny.com slash forums. Go click in there. You'll find uh, Colin and, you know, this one's called PS. I love you. XOXO. Click on there. There's a thing there that Joey Noel set up that you can drop your worst PSN name of the week. I'd prefer it if it's yours and the story of why you have a bad name. But many people see mm-hmm. bad things out there. They and sure do. do. So I went through. This is one of the ones who saw. Something. Tell us about the bad things you saw. Uh, this is MSU fan 918. He says, I was playing some Crucible PvP in Destiny when I was killed by I have ticklish nuts. <laughs> Not the best feeling in the world. The ticklish nuts are just getting killed by them. I feel like tickling your nuts is, you know. Well, but ticklish nuts is bad. Tickling nuts Someone's is trying to touch your nuts in a good way, and sure. you're just like giggling. That's sure, not sure, good. Sure. You ruin the mood and stuff True like enough. that. True enough. So, Colin, you want to make the plea? Please, Shuhei, let us change our names. By the way, there is there are rumors that they're going to announce name changing at PSX. Now how will go crazy. Now, how how substantial that is. It, this, this rumor I saw on Twitter comes from a guy named Tidex, who is... Uh, Guy who seems to be an insider of some sort. Um, I don't know. He's been right about some things, wrong about some other things. But um, as far as I know, I don't know how trusted he is. Or everybody, he's seen. You know, this is, seems to be a random thing to put out there. If it's not true, um, it could just be something he heard through the grapevine. Um, so we'll see if that's true or not. But I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that that's the case. You know, yeah, that cool. would be a great. That PSX is the perfect place to announce it. To. Yeah, totally. That's the nerdy news we all fucking. Yeah, love that's not an E3 announcement or anything. That's a, that is a PSX announcement. Yeah. In the room, we'll go crazy. Mm-hmm. We should prep. We should bring confetti cannons and like have shirts or That'd something. That'd be fun. Yeah. Ready to go. Oh, bring a bunch of balloons. <laughs> we just like flan them out, probably and then they probably get removed. They don't announce it, and we just have giant balloons. <laughs> no reason. Like, oh crap! I'm hope I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. It's a it's a problem that Sony needs to figure out. Yeah. So you know they're leaving money on the table and they're pissing people off now. So it's like it's in the whenever they talk about system software, firmware, whatever. It's always like the thing that everyone Most talks requested. about in yeah, the yeah. Uh, in the comments on PlayStation blog. So yeah. Thank you, Colin, for this Thank episode. you, Greg. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for watching and or listening. P.S. I love you. XOXO episode two. If you didn't know, P.S. I love you. XOXO is a product of kindoffunny.com. So go over to kindoffunny.com. Watch all the videos. Subscribe to the YouTube channels. Back us on Patreon if you're feeling crazy. Go to the store and buy shirts if it's Tuesday right now. Not anytime. The Tuesday in very specific. Uh, you can go there 1130 to 1230 uh, a.m. Pacific and get a new shirt there. The garbage truck on fire. Um, very specific indeed. You know, somebody's somebody's about somebody. If you listen to these, actually, no, there's no way anybody did this because they're they're getting ready for Conor Greg Live. Mm-hmm. They almost got to this point in the show, and they're like, well, "It's time for Conor Greg Live. Sure I gotta enough. stop." Sure so now we're on Conor Greg Live, telling them to go get the shirt. Sure, it's Inception. I'm sorry to even waste your time telling you about the shirt again. That's why I t- said it in the front. You fucked up. It's fine. No, I didn't we fuck up. Fuck I, up. Just, I just I just put it in the front. You fucked up. It's fine. I didn't really fuck up. You Maybe fine. somebody jumped to the end. Maybe they're just looking for the Shuhei interview. They're listening to it backwards. <laughs> Maybe they're listening to it backwards. Fucking psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much for everything you do for us. Keep on keeping on. Go to the forum. Sign up. Do all that jazz. If you didn't know, and I think you did, each and every episode of P.S. I Love You XOXO ends in a segment we call Singing to Shuhei. Uh, this is where we play one of a listener-submitted song. Don't send me your favorite band song. Don't submit your friend's song. You have to have made the music. You go over 
to kindoffunny.com slash PSM, M for music. And uh, you go there and you put your song in there and you put a little SoundCloud link, put a YouTube link, and then if you're watching on YouTube, you click on the annotation to go watch the video that comes up at the end of this. And if you're listening to the MP3, you just hear the music. Today's music comes from a young man. I've never heard of him before. His name's Grimecraft. Mm. Uh, Grimecraft posted over on the forum and said, I've made a song or two in my time, and one of my favorite PS games was Katamari Damacy. Here's a remix I did. Uh, we're about to play it. You, if you want it, can go over to soundcloud.grimecraft, grab his Katamari remix right there. Or if you're watching on YouTube, you know, click on the annotation there. And go soundcloud.grimecraft? Soundcloud.com slash grimecraft. I cut out the .com. Sorry. If you're not familiar with SoundCloud. I want to make sure. It's a dot, no, I'm glad you did. I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it, Grimecraft. Man, you're really SoundCloud.com slash Grimecraft. <laughs> did I, 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 what I'd like you to do no, sure. is go back and listen to the beginning of the episode and ask if I ever had it together. <laughs> Have I just always, I think I've always been a part. <laughs> Have I always been like this? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Grimecraft. Thank you all for listening. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. Thank you.
for a second, I forgot that like a plumber was coming, and I thought like, oh, so they were just here. I assume I, mean, I have, it sounds that's like quick, huh? People are tearing apart ironing boards out there. I that's assume. what I thought it was. I was like, oh, someone's got an ironing board. All right, well. I did buy a new ironing board. Oh, it's here for us. 